does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 13 seconds to go in the overtime. 22 to 19 San Francisco. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCole Hardman! McCole Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game, 25-22. The seventh longest game in the history of the NFL was one of the most memorable ones as well. And the Chiefs, you're going to hear a lot about it. You might as well say it right now. They have their dynasty. So is it a dynasty now? Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday, Kansas City. But we're not done. We've got a young team. We'll keep this thing going. Just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. Oh, yes. The Super Bowl's in the books. Kevin Bowen. I mean, just, I mean, can you believe those hardworking Chiefs were underdogs in a couple playoff games? What disrespect. I'm glad they made it through. Whatever. Uh, Super Bowl's in the books. What a night last night. A lot of fun. We'll talk about that. I know Kevin Bowen wants to break down three hours of Usher talk. We said no. Me and Mark Dyton said absolutely well, not. We're not doing Notre three Dame, hours. Virginia Tech talk. <laughs> Yes. Big home win for the uh, Fighting Trues uh, Yeah, uh, Tyrese Halliburton goes off the backboard. Obviously, Indiana, Purdue, tons to talk about today. But uh, Super Bowl 58 in the books, and we'll talk about it. Hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. It's the wake-up call on the fan. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. I'm Andy Sweeney. KB, a good morning to you. You're decked out in Notre Dame. Why is that? Is decked there something going on that I don't know about? First win for the men's basketball program in it, quite in some two time. Uh, well, just a month, <laughs> but it, it has been a while been there. 30 so, days. Yeah, if we can fit that in here in the next three hours. That'd be glorious. I'd appreciate that. Out of view. Uh, yeah, I sit here on this Monday morning and and, and I'm just jealous. I, I don't I, I don't hate I know. I don't hate the Chiefs. I'm just jealous. You know, <laughs> hatred is is saved for the venom towards Belichick and Brady. Right. You know, you wanted to punch them in the sure. face. You wanted to kick Brady in the you know what. <laughs> like, oh my, he's that good looking and that good at football. And with Kansas City, you I don't want to do that a little there. bit though. Not just a little I, bit. I, I, I just sit there and I am just so as a sports fan, period. Just that phrase. I'm jealous. You know, when I watch Notre Dame, for example, Notre Dame football, here they are, you know, Ohio State, they've got them in their own building, they're leading the game, boom, Ohio State takes over late, and I'm sitting there thinking, boy, how do you think they're going to blow this one? And with Kansas City, it's the, opposite. It's the exact yeah. opposite. Oh, sure it, it is. is. How are, like, I know they're going to do it, right? yet I just can't get myself to financially back it for idiotic I reasons. I told you. We tried to um, tell you. I, I told you guys. I think I, I said, said you guys on Friday, will you clip this out on Monday you, you for did. me? You did. The homes and the points. <laughs> so I, I, pardon me, thought Mark might have clipped that out there and put it in the opener. Uh, but yeah, again, the, the, the Patriots' hatred was all venom, Andy. And, and this is just, it's straight up jealousy. It's jealousy of, as a sports fan, what you want is your team to have the clutch gene. Your team to make the play when it matters. And it's not always the same looking thing. I mean, if you watch Mahomes on that final drive, it's not like he was flinging it all over the yard and making throws that no QB can make. It was just methodical, 
death by a thousand paper cuts, and McCall Hardman for the game winner there. Uh, they are inevitable. They are incredible. They are a dynasty. And I said it last week or two weeks ago. Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, I mean, the beauty is Mikkel Hardman started the season with the New York Jets. Couldn't get on the field. They had their complete mess. He just goes back to Kansas City, a little transfer portal in the middle of the season, and catches a game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, had there been two bigger bigger polar opposites than Jets football to, hey, I'm going to catch the game-winning touchdown from Patrick Mahomes in overtime in the Super Bowl? My goodness. Goodness. And by the way, our guy, uh, I don't know, second quarter, we interviewed last week George Odom, uh-huh. who almost got into a fight in the second quarter, and I was like, that's my guy. Well, he got in that's there. That's my guy. He got in there late. I, I thought he might have played overtime, because remember when Kelsey kind of ran that dude over on the third and yeah. seven, and that safety went out there? You know, that was a, a storyline that I think we saw a lot late, late. Did you have an issue with Shanahan deferring in overtime? Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, to me, to, to me, I would say... 80 to 8, I mean, I don't know, 80% of the NFL community last night was like, you don't do that. You you don't do that. You're playing, and, and their point was, you're playing for the third possession there to end the That's game. That's what Shanahan said. Yeah. For those that missed it last night, Shanahan said after the game, and again, these are new NFL overtime rules. I thought CBS did a poor job in just making sure that we all were kind of knowing exactly what those rules were. Because, Especially with the clock at the end. Yeah, I think there was some confusion over that overtime clock there dwindling. Um, I thought the official, Venovich, did a nice job of saying this is a new game. Like, we are in a first quarter of a new game here. Um, I thought initially, and I brought up that George Odom into the game, I thought at some point maybe Shanahan was thinking, hey, let's get our defense on the sideline for a few minutes and regroup. Because I just didn't think their pass rush was as controlling of the line of scrimmage as it was earlier in the game. I thought they had a great first half. Frankly, I thought at halftime, San Francisco probably felt like they should have been up more. Oh, yeah. They, they left defensively. The Niners in the first half did about as much as they could. Right. Didn't but, you feel that way? But Shanahan said after the game um, that he wanted the third possession. So theoretically there, okay, San Francisco kicked the field goal. Let's say Kansas City would have stalled out and kicked the field goal. Then San Francisco would have had the sudden death possession. They would have had the ability to then score for the win. I saw someone uh, made a good, I thought, a simple analogy to it late last night. Basically, at that point, you either say, I want information or I want sudden death. The information would have been what Kansas City got. We know we have to go for it on every fourth down until we get into whatever field goal touchdown range versus Kyle Shanahan thought, I want to have that third possession for sudden death if we get there, of course. Uh, when you're facing Patrick Mahomes, you don't get that. Yeah, I mean, the majority of people disagreed with Shanahan and how you know and how he handled it. That was on you know that was on Twitter X last night, which I was addicted to watching this entire game. But you know, we'll dive into it. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. What does it mean? I don't know. I mean, AFC. If you're the Colts, if you're the AFC, uh, you know, you look at Pat Mahomes, and it doesn't matter if he's an underdog or now at Arrowhead or away from Arrowhead, he'll go on the road and win. And you know, it does feel a little Michael Jordan-ish. I mean, it does, does it not, that other people, you know, Lamar Jackson, you can be an MVP. Remember back in MJ's day so much, Carl Malone, you can be an MVP, but when it comes down to it, uh, you just felt the word inevitable. That's how I felt. And d- boy, didn't the, f- didn't, the, didn't the Niners have to feel that on that final possession? I mean, I guess you could say, well, it was a, it was a fourth down and they make the stop there. That doesn't work out. Things can go differently, but we'll talk lots of Super Bowl uh, Pacers on the road. They're back in action tonight. Uh, they go on the road, get a nice win. 
uh, against the Knicks. We don't need to forget that. A couple nights, you know, after the Knicks walked in here, uh, or no, that was on the road as well, as, uh, as, as the Knicks won just a couple nights ago over the Pacers. So I want to break down that. And then, obviously, Indiana-Purdue on Saturday. We need not forget what happened. And what happened was Purdue just laughing at Indiana basketball. I mean, if you're an IU fan, it's not even by what you lost by. It's not even the three-pointer, although that hurts. It's just the fact that, I don't know, Purdue did everything with a smile after the game. Braden Smith is like, oh, yeah, you know, I really... I was a little surprised I was able just to walk to the basket as a 5'10 point guard and going for a layup. Yeah. Uh, that Zach Eady yeah. pull-up three. <laughs> I mean, I mean there they were just layup line moments I, for Brady There were absolute layup lines uh, for many guys on the team, especially Brandon Smith, so I don't want to forget about that. But obviously, uh, the Super Bowl, what does it mean for the Colts? And just a game itself, KB, where the first... You know, the first half was boring. You got into the third quarter. It's kind of boring. You think, and even, you know, you get you get Usher, which we can dive into the halftime show. You know, the Chiefs come out they and have two or three bad plays in a row. You know, they f- they fumble. You know, Mahomes is kicking the ball around, so they don't throw in a pick. Like, I don't know. It was just a messy game for about two and a half quarters, and everyone kept saying, boy, the Niners got to score. Boy, the Niners got to score. You got to have more uh, of a lead on Kansas City. And when they didn't, Mahomes got things going. Kelsey got things going. Uh, and that's all she wrote. As we yeah. did go into overtime, seventh seventh longest game in the history of the NFL last night. Yeah, San Francisco played with fire. I mean, they just they, they played with fire early on. In it, this is a, probably a horrible analogy, but like for five minutes on Saturday night, Purdue cracked the door open for Indiana. Like Purdue missed what the first six or seven threes. Oh, they missed a ton of wide open shots. Indiana yeah. shockingly had like a decent start to the game. Really, I honestly better than decent uh, with those first few field goals. But it was like, okay, you had your chance, and now it is going to be slammed shut like none other and a thunderous. And, it, you know, it, in a way, obviously it wasn't as dominant, but Kansas City, that's what happened with San Francisco. Of Like, you are going to pay for that. The fact that you squandered those chances to push the lead even further and take 10 nothing to whatever, 17 nothing, 14 nothing. Um, you know, ten was it 10-6 when they muffed the punt or when it hit the guy? Um I hit one of their gunners there. That was obviously a huge, huge play. You know, the missed blocked extra point. Yep. Uh, oh, it's know, massive. Certainly impacts strategy the rest of the game as well. Well, McCaffrey um, even fumbling on the first possession. Right. I mean, you're going to get points there, right? Yeah, again, San you're Francisco moved it so much better than Kansas City did throughout the first half there. It was funny. My, uh, my uncle is a diehard football fan. Texted me probably, I guess, in the third quarter. He's like, it's got a little feel to a preseason game with some of the mistakes that you saw. I mean, hell, the first play of the second half, you know, Pacheco loses yeah. a bunch of yards. That was, you know, just kind of awkward timing for Mahomes and him. And, and it was uh, an odd game. Like, that was the first play of the second half. And it's just like, wow, I mean, this is a bit sloppy. But then obviously the fourth quarter and overtime delivered in terms of entertainment, you know, back and forth nature to it all. Uh, from a local angle, I thought one of the more underrated players of the game was George Karloftis. Oh, he for was the great. Chiefs. Uh, he was outstanding. Three quarterback hits, had a half sack, had the fumble recovery very early. You mentioned the uh, the McCaffrey fumble on that opening drive there. Drew Tranquil, the uh, Fort Wayne Carroll, Notre Dame product, a Super Bowl winner. Forgot to mention this last week. Uh, Nick Jones, Ball State cornerback, actually got in the game for Kansas City. Uh, he is another uh, local angle to that one. Uh, so a couple of different guys. I think they had um, Cam Jones, IU linebacker, on their in- injured reserve. But, yeah, a couple local products here from Purdue, Notre Dame, and Ball State all on uh, Kansas City. Let me give you a stat. The Kansas City Chiefs gave up 22 points in the second half of games in the postseason. 
Well, how about the run? It's unbelievable. Like it's just unbelievable. I get that they, you know, I think Mother Nature favored them in that opening game, but I mean they beat Tua, Josh Allen, no. and Lamar Jackson. No. You, 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 you beat Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson away from home. That was a Buffalo team that at that point, I think a lot of people had said, you know, they are the hottest or one of the hotter teams in the league. Remember, Baltimore set an NFL record with wins over teams better than 500 this past season. I mean, they were a great, I mean, Baltimore and San Francisco, you talk about complete teams. And for you to have made this run, it's, it's, I would say easily the most difficult run Kansas City has had in these three Super Bowls. And for those hoping for something last night from Travis Kelsey and or Andy Reid, it sounds like both of them are. Boy, it was amazing to me at the end, Andy, how quickly they all were on to like th- winning three in a row. I mean, that was like Kelsey's dominant theme up there on the podium. Yeah. Even Andy, Mahomes Andy Reid said he's coming back. Up. Yeah. Again, that has never been done. Uh, first one to win two in a row since the Patriots in 03, 04. So. The hatred is just rooted in jealousy, Andy Sweeney. Why can't my teams be like that? Well, let me. Can I ask you something? Is there a little hopelessness to it? I, I mean, because I'm with you. I mean, I I respect the hell out of the Chiefs. I don't like it. I'm going kicking and street screaming. I want to be a hater, but I don't also want to be that guy. Like, okay, with the Chiefs. I don't want to be a hater because what we're watching is greatness, and all these other teams have had ample opportunity. I mean, the AFC has had uh, ample opportunity. They maybe, traded away Tyreek Hill in one. Maybe it's the health. Maybe it's the health of Joe Burrow. Maybe that's the only thing in the AFC. I don't. If I wake up today, and I know the Colts are not in a rebuilding spot, but they're not there to where it's double digit wins, and they're like, okay, let's go get this AFC championship. But if you're the Buffalo Bills today, you wake up and think what? If you're Lamar Jackson uh, and the Baltimore Ravens, you wake up and think what? The reason I say that, you know, Baltimore has had, like this season, historically great year. You get the guy in your house. You get the crowd. You get everything else. And the Chiefs do what they do, and they move on. I mean, Buffalo, it's, it's you got to, listen, we got to we gotta get away from Arrowhead. We got to get him here to Bill's Mafia. That Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I almost wonder in the AFC – I wonder, I wonder how many Colts fans, KB, feel like you, or or is there more is there more hate there? And maybe that's what we've seen this season with this team. And it's 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 been you know they've been able to 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 misdirect it at like Taylor Swift or the Kelsey Swift relationship. Which by the way, I love seeing a lot of Taylor. You know why? Blake Lively right next to her. Shout out. I would agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I very I like, much. I was like, keep putting the camera. Cuts. Yeah. Keep putting uh-huh. the camera right there. I, I, I have no problem with Maddie, it. Tell whatsoever. me more about this lively character. <laughs> I did love how you know Jason Kelsey. I think they told him. Did they tell him? Hey, it's a Super Bowl. Why don't you keep the shirt on? Like you know, the AFC games, you can show the man boobs. The AFC, you can go and, and drink man in boobs. Buffalo. I think, I think you can do all Jason that. Jason Kelsey's look a tad different than mine or yours. <laughs> But not in the not in the damn you're, Super Bowl. What a night! Though. I mean, Bills fans are. What you're hoping for is Patrick Mahomes wants to go play baseball. Then his dad <laughs> play baseball. That's what you're hoping for, right? He I wants mean, to go be a shortstop for a couple seasons. I mean, the dude has already won more playoff games than Peyton. Well, Manny. that's what I'm asking. He's who consistently? Years old. Who consistently has a chance here? I, I'm. I mean, I I ask that not to say, well, Colts fans, good know. luck. It but is... even the top teams at the top of the food chain in the AFC, you feel like they can't beat this team. And they again, just can't. They just all. 
the throw to Valdez Scantling in the AFC title game, you know, that was vintage Mahomes. But then you watch the overtime drive, and yeah, he had a huge scramble on that drive. But Andy, it was eight for eight for 42 yards. It's not like there was a bunch of these just, oh my gosh, we're showing this to lead off Sports Center for highlight plays for the next 10 years. It wasn't the sidearm Houdini nature that he is capable of. That's, I think, what makes him so, so special is, you know, if you bring up the Bills analogy, at times with Josh Allen, Andy, it's, you know, can you make simple? And when he needs to make simple Mahomes, he does that. Like, it's not always this, I'm going to fit this ball into that window and watch this, and it's going to be unbelievable, this type of throw and, you know, whatever. I'm in the point oh 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 one percentile of quarterbacks that can ever, ever really in the entire league do that. It's when I need to be a little bit more... I, I'd even call him boring on that overtime drive. I mean, outside of the scramble, I will not think back to like any real throw he made on the drive there. It was just, here I am, and San Francisco, you're going to regret settling. It's just solid football, man. For that, it's for just that solid. It's just, it's just, they're so solid. And on a night win, San Francisco muffs a punt, misses an extra point. Yep. The I mean, both teams, I guess, had the had the fumble there in in scoring range, but still, uh, the Chiefs just jealousy, straight up jealousy here and. Jimmy Cook will be naked in here with that do rag. I saw he's wearing a skull cap maybe last <laughs> He claims night. it was a headband. Yeah, I, I have that, my doubts. That's the Mahomes thing. Doesn't Mahomes wear that? That I, I that's the only thing the Chiefs fans that you think Mahomes can get away ab- with it more than Jimmy game, Cook. Oh, just after the game, oh, I just I didn't think we had a chance, or you know, all the all the videos at Chiefs fans. No, you thought you had a chance. You thought you were gonna win the game. You're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And by the way, I'll say this, Steve Spagnola, because uh, he was, you know, people know I'm a Giants fan. He was, you know, the D.C. there uh, in New York. I think, I, I like, I think legit, I know this won't be the case, but if you, like, at some point may put him in, like, the Hall of Fame, I, I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be Chiefs a hater about it. damn impressive. I, I just, it, it's probably a shame we haven't mentioned them, you know, 17 minutes into the show, but what they did, you know. Well, they co- carried the team for three quarters. Well, and I honestly probably carried them a little bit on this run. Oh, sure It, it wasn't, you know, what, 17 in the AFC title game? Yeah. It, it's not like this yeah, 22 was, points in the playoffs in the second half. That's what they allowed. Yeah, it just darn impressive by what they did here, especially in this run. Plenty to get to, of course, on this Monday. I continue to think it should be a national holiday. It seemed like uh, less cars on the on the roadways. Yeah, this, but we'd be working anyway. This morning, yes. So that would just make, or would we get a, would we get holiday pay? Or a comp day, would we, yeah. yeah, would we get a we comp day? We would just day? feel bitter yeah. about it, I guess. A <laughs> uh, lot to talk about with Purdue and Indiana. 41, was it 41 points total? Uh, if you combine the two meetings, 42 yeah. points total this season for Matt Painter's bunch over Mike Woodson. As Andy said, two games left for the Pacers. It's NBA All-Star Week. Really, the festivities will begin in our city coming up on Thursday. It's at Charlotte tonight. Big favorite the Pacers are down there. And uh, at Toronto on Wednesday. Thank you for spending the Super Bowl Monday with us. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. All right, reminder, go to the week coming up at 8.30, but it is time for your morning check down. Super Bowl 58 in the books last night in Vegas, 25-22. That's your final in overtime, the seventh longest game in the history of the NFL. Kind of thought we were going to go double OT there, which would have been uh, a lot of fun. Not good for us waking up, but would have been a lot of fun for everybody else. Again, 25-22. Here's the final call, Chiefs Radio Network. 13 seconds to go in the overtime, 22-19, San Francisco. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McC- 
Nicole Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. Let's say they don't get that fourth and one, and I know this is kind of a stupid thing to even bring up. Who is the MVP of the Super Bowl? Uh, I so think, if San Francisco wins the game, yes. Yeah, if, if San Francisco wins the game, McCaffrey, uh, I think own. it's I think it's Jennings, is I would it go not? Juwan Jennings. Yeah, I think Juwan Jennings is the guy who probably lost out on immortality last night. Did he not? Talk Pro- about a random MVP. <laughs> yeah, boy. What were the final numbers uh, yeah, on Juwan not, Jennings winning if the my MVP? Debo Samuel bet was ten for two fifty. I can only imagine what my Juwan Jennings bet well, would have been. He caught a touchdown. He threw for a touchdown. You know the last player to do that in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Colts legend, it's, right? It's not too long ago. Nick Foles. Yeah. Colts. You don't think it's McCaffrey with 160 total yards and a touchdown? That could have been. That could have been. big plays of Jennings. I, I just felt like both of those plays, especially in a game where it seemed like the drives were kind of stalling out and, you know, San Francisco really needed to have that flair, it seemed like, to finish off some of their drives there. Uh, absolutely methodical by Kansas City. Jealousy running high right now from a sports fan for yours truly here. On this Monday morning, three Super Bowls in five years, the first back-to-back in two decades. They will go for three in a row, and boy, if you listen to them post-game, they made it abundantly clear that that is fresh on their minds. Uh, No hint of retirement from one Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and obviously Mahomes. Just right now. I can't believe he's got more playoff wins already than Manny. How about that D, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Ain't wrong. Hell of an effort by Steve Spagnola and that bunch. All right, shifting gears back to the hardwoods. Uh, Saturday night in West Lafayette. It was absolutely dominant for, what, 37 minutes by the Purdue Boilermakers there? Honestly, it felt a little Groundhog's Day. We can probably get more into it on the other side, Andy, but... I thought there were a lot of similar moments to what you saw in Bloomington uh, out of Mike Woodson's stubbornness and handling some lineups there and, uh, I guess, self-fouling out. Clear. I didn't have Peyton Sparks uh, playing double-digit minutes on my bingo card there. Yeah, nobody else did uh, either. In the first half. Uh, Braden Smith, certainly a game for him to remember. He has, again, admittedly struggled in the first couple matchups. Indiana kid who never really sniffed interest from that team in Bloomington. He was outstanding in the first half with 15 points. Purdue continues to look like a team that's going to be playing deep into the month of March, and Indiana looks like a team that it's ready to go to where Tom Coverdale says senior spring break was. Panama. Where do you think Panama it was? City. Panama Destin. City, baby. 15 guys from Noblesville all loaded up in one uh, days in hotel room. Come Ab- on. Absolutely dominant by Purdue there. You think of Indiana's losses on the season, Andy? They're now 14 and 10. They have just been run off the floor. Seemingly, in all of these, how many good games too. has Indiana played this year? How many good games? But even if you just look at their loss, like you know, sometimes you get teams, Andy, that like gets to the four minute mark of the second sure, half and they, they break down, and they just don't right. make the plays. I mean, outside of Kansas, and I guess maybe probably an Ohio State well, game where they won those games, Illinois yeah. in there as well. Like eight of their ten losses, the game's just been over with like five minutes to go in the second half, or even you know greater you know time. Than than that. Yeah, there, Auburn. So. Auburn was like that. Michigan, um, uh, Nebraska was very much like that. It kind of felt like a Rutgers yeah, game was Purdue like that. Games were we, like yeah, that. both Purdue games. Wisconsin, Wisconsin was a twelve point game. Which, by the way, I love Wisconsin stinking now. I mean, the Big Ten is so over. Yeah, Purdue, Purdue won by three games last year. They might win by more this year. Firm control. Nothing till Thursday. Minnesota will be at Mackey come Thursday night. Indiana. The week off. 
Eh, good for them. Butler won last or uh, two nights ago, 75-72 over Providence. Late. Bully ball from Jamil Telford Boy, I te- and Pierre Brooks. I tell you, it looked like one of those. I'm like, Butler cannot give this game away. Just because, like you mentioned, Providence is on the wrong side of the bubble. You're on the right side of the bubble. And so if it comes down where we're talking about six, seven teams, and there is a true head-to-head there, if nothing else, Butler, uh, it was a good win. It was a quad-two win. It's kind of a game you need. I mean, it is, and Absolutely they won 75-72. Yeah, nine at half, then down seven with four minutes to go. They get Marquette tomorrow, too. play down the stretch. That'll be a rematch. Remember, Butler won. Yes, they did. Marquette earlier this year. That is a 6.30 tip for them. Indiana State, they survive on the road at Missouri State. Julian Larry making some big plays. Ryan Conwell, outstanding, the leading scorer for the Sycamores in that one. So, again, they are just in, like, survival mode till the Missouri Valley Tournament. Uh, Much needed for them to kind of hold serve, continue to keep the bad loss off their resume. They do that uh, Saturday afternoon on the road. Yeah, for me, uh, I want to get into, after the break, I want to do IU-Purdue conversation because we need to. Uh, did you see Tyrese Halliburton tweeted last night about the commercials during the Super Bowl? We may need to dive into that. I know Mark Dighton wants to break down. He has a full grade sheet on Tony Romo last oh, night. God. Uh, Tony Romo did love to tell us, this is for the Super Bowl. I love Jake Query tweeted out. What does he think it's? Do we think it's for the Orange Bowl or the Music City Bowl? It's okay to let some <laughs> moments breathe, Tony. Like my God, like just stop talking for like five seconds. Uh, and then and then the Kelsey Andy Reid spat confrontation. That's how good the Chiefs are. That something like that can happen, and it's not even talked about after the game very much, or even on Monday morning. I want to dive into that as well. And we'll add again the Pacers tonight back in action at Charlotte, eleven and a half point favorite. Uh, Nice win for Indiana Saturday night. Certainly the Knicks missing a ton of guys. Granted, very similar looking Knicks roster. Beat the Pacers the week prior in Madison Square Garden. Tyrese Halliburton, 30 minutes. Certainly something to note. 22-12 and 12 for him. Looked much more like his normal self. Miles Turner, 9 of 9 outstanding compared to how he looked in that first game against New York. So much needed for the Pacers there. Doug McDermott, just 7 minutes scoreless as the 10th guy in his debut. So again, at Charlotte, at Toronto on Wednesday. All-star break then uh, comes on Thursday. All right, on the other side, plenty of IU Purdue, a little bit more Super Bowl as well. Rayful Davis from the Big Ten Network going to join us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Up in the 9 o'clock hour. I guess we're contractually obligated now that Mark played that, that I need to look around the room and ask you guys what you thought of the halftime show, right? So, KB, do you want to go first? Well, I thought the roller skate aspect to it was <laughs> oh, arguably was, the most impressive. impressive. Usher was extremely sweaty. Oh, you look like Sean I Miller. Think he was making my wife sweat, which was a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> there. Looked like Buzz Williams. My yeah. wife was locked in. She couldn't care less about the game too much. Really? She was locked in when Usher came on stage. Now I, I did enjoy seeing Alicia Keys and hearing Alicia Keys. Beautiful voice. Uh, Ludacris, Little John, uh, Bieber. That was the fourth we were thinking, but no Bieber sighting, right? 
Well, the only thing I care the only thing I care about is little John. They could have just played yeah twice and I would have been fine with it. I just played that two or three times. Standing there, (laughs) I thought uh, I thought Usher was a really really good uh, halftime show. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed. I thought uh, Post Malone did a nice job Mm -hmm. pregame as well. That was very talented on that end. Wearing his Cowboys jacket, first time in what damn near thirty years, a jacket like that's been worn in the Super Bowl. So good for him. Yeah, that. don't you worry about Catching it. Catching strays from the NFC East fan. I don't. I don't mind doing right it. There. I think that's my biggest issue. Is Andy Reid used to be a bum, and now he's the greatest of all time. And I think. I think that's what I'm struggling with the most. He went from cannot win the big one, like literally no one. No one looked like bum seems a bit could harsh. not. It is a little bit harsh. Could not win the big one too. Oh yeah, he's like he's like you know one of the top two or three you know four coaches of all time. So so good for him. I, I want to get to Tyrese Halliburton had a tweet. We got to dive into. Purdue. Uh, in Indiana as well. I'm sure you guys have some funny thoughts on whether it be Usher, uh, the you know any of the commercials, anything like that. I want to get into. I figure it is worth mentioning though. Before we do any of it, I want to play two very short sound clips. And the reason why is the Chiefs are, and maybe this is our fault. I don't know. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. But if they lose. And let's say the game, they just look bad the entire game. Okay, KB? Let's say the Chiefs lose. How big of a deal is is Travis Kelsey, I mean, the confrontation with Andy Reid, the grabbing of the arm, uh, the bumping of Andy Reid. Now, both of them, it was downplayed big time. And listen, I understand uh, it's heated. I understand Kelsey's probably right. He's like, hey, we're in the red zone. Why am I not on the field? This is what it's all about is, you know, I'm, I'm saving my body. Speaking of saving my body or his body, the Niners losing, was it Green uh, Greenlaw? Just awful. Doing Achilles running Absolutely on the field? Right. Yeah. Running on the field. Yeah. But I want to play these two clips because this was downplayed, and I wonder... If this were many other players and coaches, how this would be talked about, okay? And then if they, let's say the Chiefs just play a bad game and we wake up today and the San Francisco 49ers are your Super Bowl winner, I wonder how that play is talked about because right now, that's not being talked about. If you missed it last night, first half, um, Travis Kelsey is frustrated. He had what one target, one catch, and one it was a yard. Screen that was yeah. it. And in, in the first half, we I think it was in the second quarter. You know, the cameras show him screaming in the face of the head coach there, Andy Reid. He kind of grabs him by the arm and and, and gives him the I don't know, kind of like a like a, you would see an umpire and a manager go chest to chest, if you will, belly to belly, uh, if you will. Here's Andy Reid post game on the confrontation. He caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, a cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. He was really coming over. Just go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know. So that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So I listen. I appreciate him. All right, and so that's what I figured. They'd say, oh, it happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. Anyway, so that's Andy Reid. Uh, Kelsey was asked about it. Here's what he had to say. Man, I was fired up, man. I was fired up, and we weren't hitting on on all cylinders. And um, I, I had to give Big Red a love tap there and, and let him <laughs> that know that, that we were was? all here fighting for him no matter what. But this is the point. When you win, stuff like that becomes – the media's laughing and having fun with it with Andy Reid. Oh, yeah, I just walked up and gave Big Red uh, a little a little love blump. When you win, you can do just about anything and get away with it. And that play last night, I saw probably 15, 20 other NFL players say, if I did that – 
I'd be I'd be off the team. I'd be out of the league. I'd be, you know, it would be the number one conversation piece in the NFL. But when you're those guys and you win to that clip and you're that great, you can have stuff like that happen and it's okay. Yeah, first bout Hall of Famers have uh, probably Both of earned, them. earned the right to get away with that. And hell, I mean, he, what, his girl flew how many time zones over? You think she flew that far to watch him have one target on a screen no. in the first half? Come on yeah. now. I, I, listen, I'm with you. He's trying to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I thought Kelsey is certainly much more involved in the second half, and to me that's where you know his frustration, because that was right after the Pacheco fumble, mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken there, uh, when, you, when you saw that happen. Um, so, yeah, sure, Rasheed Rice had a moment, and I mean, not obviously going up to read to that level, but it, you know, he had more of a look like a verbal moment with Mahomes there late in the game. Again, it's not like it was the cleanest, most vintage Chiefs performance. I mean, if you look at it offensively, you know, there were times it was clunky and, and they had drives stall out. And I thought the, diff, the the biggest difference to me, first half and second half, was San Francisco's D-line controlled the first two quarters. The Bosa was great. And I didn't think they did that anywhere near the nature they needed to in the second half. I mean, Chase Young had a few moments yeah, he did. early on in that game. Javon Kinlaw was making plays. You know, guys that even aren't Bosa. Um, but then there in the third and fourth quarter... Mahomes just, he always has that natural feel in the pocket of knowing where the rush is and how to elude guys and when to get rid of it, when to scramble. And probably the most iconic play, if even you want to label that, on the overtime drive was the scramble. That's really what I thought just took it from a, okay, just end it now so I can go to bed. The other thing I would add, and we can dive into some college hoops here, the other thing I would add is when you win and you're great, things get things get lost along the way. For instance, the Travis Kelsey, we just mentioned it. They had a drive stall out where they're running rice up the middle, right? Okay, and you're thinking, okay, why why is Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, shout out to Matt Nagy, your boy. Yeah, shocking the Chiefs offense hasn't looked as great this season anyway. Uh, Yeah, Matt Nagy's going to catch a stray. Give him a head coaching gig, somebody else. And then the other one, you know, even at the end of the game, you know, the Chiefs could have called a timeout there. Like we we don't need to forget the the end of the the end of the game. They let some clock run to where they could have had another shot or two in the end zone. You know they they get the long play down the sideline, the catch and run by Kelsey, which set them up to have at least that kind of that, that back shoulder fade. six seconds and is then playing the, a fire. And, and then no no then there's six seconds, but before then, if they call a timeout, perhaps you would have some more time. It's a second guess thing, but again, when you win. When you're great, when you have a dynasty, those are things that we just completely forget. We you know we forget all about those things. And Andy Reid has had a career of interesting end of game situations, and he could have had one there, but they win the Super Bowl and nobody cares. Teams are never underdogs. Just know that. That laugh was absurd. Who? Mahomes. Who is that? That's Mahomes. Mahomes. God, it sounds like an animal. I mean, sounds I mean, like he just ripped they're, a bong they're, hit. They're, 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 they're two, you know, they're a two point dog on the road somewhere, and and that's the rally. It, it is, that's how great they are. That the rallying cry is, oh, we might be a field goal dog on the road in a playoff game against the MVP of the NFL. It is pretty crazy looking back on it, thinking they were underdogs in three straight games. I know it wasn't big, but like again, you give Mahomes and, and the points. It's like oh. it's why I bet the, the same Chiefs thing last with night. Alabama. And Nick Saban. What's crazy is you kept betting against them. I know. I, I know. I, I literally said you guys on Friday. You did. I go, you called your own shot. Like uh, clip this out and play it on. I, uh, Mark, I honestly thought you would you would have that. We got it for me. I didn't want to hurt you more than you probably your wallet was. Oh, I'm sure that's and it. And it's one of those things where you watch the game and it's just like it seems like the opponent makes those plays of the muff of the punt, 
the missed extra point. That always happens against the Chiefs. The Zay Flowers fumble, the million penalties that Baltimore had in the AFC title game, and then obviously the complimentary aspect of it is Kansas City. Either they don't make as many of those plays, right, or they just, when they need it the most, they protect the football, they methodically get it done, and as soon as San Francisco ran Jake Moody out there for the fourth down field goal, on the opening drive of overtime, we all could have just gone to yeah, bed. It was done. It was inevitable. I told my, my my the in-laws are in town. I said, this is done. It's a matter of, of how it's going to look Again, at this I, point, but it's over. I will stress this all morning long, and I brought it up to lead off the show. The hatred is strictly jealousy for me. It, like New England's hatred was pure venom. And just literally, I want to beat those you-know-what and insert every single expletive that I'm not allowed to say or else I'd be fined a whole lot of money here. With Kansas City, it's how how will they get it done? Not if they will get it done. How are they going to get it done? Oh, McColl Hardman? Oh, that's sure, a great new not a chapter problem. off of right. that. Yeah, he was a Jet at one point this season. Hell, he w- used to be a Chief, and the Chiefs said bye to him. And then he goes to the Jets, and now he's back here, and he gets it done. Like, Notre Dame, Ohio State this year, it's like, hmm, how are they going to rip my heart out? Oh, they're going to have 10 guys on the field on the game when he plays? Oh, settle down. third and 19 is going to get converted (laughs) against Notre Dame? But you won the Duke game. Lou Holtz is going to have a a say in this after the word, like... You're still scarred by the Ohio State game that just a is, little bit. But isn't that like sports I, I, fandom it, doom it, and gloom? It, no, it totally it totally is. By the way, how spe- will my team lose? If you're a fan of the Chiefs, it's how will my team win? You need to go the to, You need to go to the Ringer. The Ringer has an article up and I was reading through it this morning. Uh it's by uh, it's by Lindsey Jones that Chris Jones, you know, the all-pro defensive lineman for the Chiefs, who, by the way, was fantastic, of course, and they're going to have to pay him money. They're going to have to make a decision uh, on him. Yeah, pretty Chris, missed Debo on, yeah, that, uh, on yeah. the chance to really, Chris, I think. Chris Jones said the Super Bowl overtime rules, they talked about it in the preseason. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. Like, they had, had rehearsed, hey, here's what could happen in this game. The 49ers had multiple players, including defensive lineman Eric Armstead, who is a great player, okay? Eric Armstead admit he didn't know, and other players, defenders, didn't know the postseason rule until they put it on the board uh, in the stadium there in Vegas. Gosh, that is so pathetic by Kyle Shanahan. I like Kyle Shanahan, but that ain't going to cut it. I told you on Friday the game was about Kyle Shanahan, had another lead in the fourth quarter, and lost it again. Purdue beats Indiana in West Lafayette on the, how about the uh, almost backdoor cover there by the Hoosiers there late? 79-59. The fact that the spread was 17 and a half points is just, it's amazing that this is where we're at with these two programs right now. Um, 41 total, 21 point win in Bloomington, 20 point in West Lafayette. She's Shane Steichen was in the building on Saturday I did not night. see that. What was he wearing? Something neutral? Was he wearing white? I feel like he's always wearing that like hunting hat or yeah. like that. I, I, I It's like his buddy's ranch or something out west. I feel like he's always rocking that. Again, I, I thought it was a bit of Groundhog's Day, Andy, from the first matchup of, you know, Indiana for that first segment. Oh my gosh, you know, Hoosiers fans are like, should we hang the sixth banner for this? Four for four out of the gate. This is a great start. And I thought, the snowball happened right with the Cleo Ware two fouls. How about the five-second call Indiana got out of a timeout? Yeah. It just all <laughs> transpired right there of the Ware has the alley-oop. I, I want to say it was 20-18, to 18, and I'm like, okay, Indiana's weathered You know the storm. They've hung in there. We're now in the back half of the first half. That's obviously an improvement from the first matchup. You, you can't self-bench Cleo Ware for the rest of the half. 
and all of a sudden, the stubbornness from Mike Woodson that IU fans are frankly used to with him, yeah. it continues to show up from the self-benching of Ware for the rest of the half, and then he goes the heavy bench lineup, and, and on the road, you frankly, you're not built to come back anywhere. The game could be at the hyper, and you're not built to come back. And all of a sudden, as it snowballs, and two grows to six, and six grows to ten, and ten grows to thirteen, there is no look at Khalil Ware of like, go back in the game. And that, to me... If you're an IU fan, how is that not just beyond maddening that you're playing the number two team in the nation? They beat you in your place on a very like similar-looking right. blueprint. Like you're, you're, sudden, you're having a second chance at this right. if you're Mike Woodson. Again, yeah. IU, like, Purdue cracked the door just a little well, early missed, on in that they game. They missed a bunch of wide-open threes. Early on in that They're game, like they missed for their seven. first seven threes. Yeah. And then for Indiana to have the same song and dance of what we saw you know, about a month ago down in Bloomington, yeah, and then you hear Mike Woodson after the game, and it sounds like Colleen Bowen in a press conference, you know, back. Oh, Kevin, you know, played all right today. I'm like, no, mom, I was terrible. Like, it, it just, uh, it, it has to be beyond frustrating. Outside of the obvious of boom, twenty point victory, uh, and Purdue, of course, in full firm control. Braden Smith outstanding on Saturday night in firm control of another Big Ten title. Yeah, if you didn't kill us, if you're an Indiana fan or just Indiana, your your objective there is. Keep this game close. It's almost like the Chiefs. Yeah, don't let it snowball. Don't let it snowball. Be in contention. So if something go down with your horses, go down swinging. If something happens in the second half, you're within a striking distance, and maybe Purdue feels some of that game pressure, and they didn't do it. And it's and and, and quite frankly, I watched that game, uh, and I thought, especially when it snowballed a little bit, and then obviously in the entire second half, Edie hits the three and, you know, uh, and that, that hoopla and everything else. But it felt like, and even Braden Smith said it after the game with the layup line that he was able to go through with Indiana's defense, it felt like Purdue was patting IU on the head. Yeah. It felt mm-hmm. like they were right. smiling and having a great moment uh, while IU, again, a year ago, the Indiana basketball program was was at a peak, was it not? You felt like, okay, this is a damn good team. We've beaten out Purdue twice this season. Mike Woodson kind of has things going, and it's a year later, and... I mean, I mean, the best thing is C.J. Gunn had a nice couple minutes. But you're right. When they have to go to Sparks, uh, he just cannot play at well, this it's level. Not just Sparks. It, it, no. it's, the, it's the heavy bench group. I mean, Sparks has looked more like a football player than a basketball player. for But, but you know, season. the other thing is, and I know like Anthony Leal has been on our airwaves here a bunch. And it's like, he's having a great story. Okay, so he doesn't start fine. Plays 18 minutes. He has one shot. And the only reason I bring that up is... I don't know if you're Mike Woodson, the guy's made a couple big shots. I don't know. Maybe you draw something up where he gets a couple, you know, somewhat easy looks for three, but Purdue was laughing at Indiana. The big picture question, I think exiting this one, it was 11 years ago. Purdue got absolutely embarrassed in these two matchups. Tom Crean and that 2013 Hoosiers team, they combined to beat Purdue by over 60 in those two games. It's a similar level of embarrassment now for Indiana. How did Purdue respond to that? They've won 15 of 19 in this series, Andy. 15 of 19. That's domination. That, again, embarrassed 11 years ago. Big look in the mirror moment. Wow. Matt Painter did it with us you know, a couple months ago, talking about how he had to change some things from a recruiting standpoint. How will Indiana react? How will Mike Woodson react? How will the program, how will the higher-ups, frankly, react to this? All right, we'll continue that conversation. A little Super Bowl flavor as well. Pacers back in action tonight. 8 o'clock hour coming up. Rayfield Davis joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Perfect time now as Little John's on. Uh, perfect time. We will be giving away Dave Matthews Band tickets <laughs> coming up. He's in what, June? Is he up at Ruoff? Is that it, Mark? Uh, he's June coming up. June 28th. June 28th. We'll be giving those tickets away uh, coming up. Uh, pop quiz probably at about 945. Rayfield Davis. Truck gift cards Oh, as dude, well. we're loaded right now. I mean, come on. That pop quiz end of the show is going to be fire. Rayfield Davis will join us coming up at 930. Over under two and a half Chiefs players still awake right now. Oh, I, I'm I'm ta- I'm taking all sorts of overs. In Vegas? Yeah, I I don't know the how those guys do it. Is that correct? Yeah, they're still up. Yeah, five one a.m. Yeah, there mm-hmm. uh, there maybe just be rolling back, but oh goodness, there was uh, who was the college player? Oh, who was the Georgia quarterback? Stetson Bennett. Remember Stetson Bennett doing the interviews the day after Georgia a couple years ago, two years ago, won the national title. Yeah, he seemed and, a little tipsy like, on Good Morning like, America. Like, if yeah, I remember correctly, it was Good Morning America. Yeah. They're, they're like. They could have just stopped the interview and been like, okay, it's it's obvious you have not, A, you have not been to bed, and B, the alcohol is still you know, on, flowing through the I veins. I need some Pedialyte right now. <laughs> someone, someone give that man some water, a little ice water. No, but I bet they're all up, man. 25-22, is that not a score of Gami from last night? It's <sighs> a great question. 25 seems 25 like, is an odd one, isn't it? For those that do the Super Bowl squares, if you get the five on your Super Bowl square, you're like, damn, this yeah. is awful. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're basically five, screwed. 5, 15, 20, yeah. I guess 35 <laughs> if you really want to get a little bit more of a high-scoring affair. We'll, we'll certainly not get back. Not a scorigami. Into some, uh, che- not a scorigami? Nope. Not that even score a Super Bowl score That score has happened times before, most recently on January 2nd, 2022. Now, did the hmm. over... Over under was that a push? It was uh, a push. It was uh, forty. I, well, okay, I know. So, I think it was the under hit because it's forty seven and a half. Was it not? Was well, it forty seven and a half for the majority of people? The under hit. The the reason. So I had the under. I got the under at forty seven and a half, and oh, I boy. bought the half point to forty eight. And I had it the majority of the week. I had it four or five days now before. Now I went on DraftKings right before the game, and it was still forty seven. So I don't know if it ever dropped down to 46 and a half. I went to three or four different apps and I did not see it below 47. So you got to push there or you got to win. Now, the other one was the Reba McIntyre over under her last brave where she elongated the brave at the end. She was well under. And then the brave at the end I thought, I made thought it. I saw she was over by a few seconds. Well, okay. So I, I believe that there. Many books paid out the under. Purple Gatorade. That hit as well. Yeah. Minus 130 for that one. Oh, was that minus 130? Uh-huh. So you had to pay some juice on that one. So all, all in all, you know, I was all over the under, but, you know, I had a little bit on the Chiefs, but it wasn't it wasn't a huge money-making. Uh, I didn't have to sign any IRS slips or anything, you know. stat getting thrown around late last night. It's just astonishing to me. Since 2019, the Chiefs in the postseason are Five and one in games they get down double digits. They get down double digits. Five and one since 2019. The rest of the NFL, six and 48. Must be nice. And they've been down, by the way, double digits in every Super Bowl that they played in. Every Super yep. Bowl win, mm-hmm. the Mahomes, them. they've yep. been down yep. double figures. Must that- be not, like th- th- that phrase, must be not. Like that's what I want to say to Jimmy Cook at noon. I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, it, it, as a sports fan, 
it must be unfreaking believable that you watch your team and think it's not if or if we will make the play. It's when. It's when yep. and how and who. That's the only curiosity. Every single of it. time. I'm not sure what's what it's going to look like. I don't know if I had McCole Hardman very high on the list, but sure enough, there it is. There's the game winner. Hell, Hardman didn't even know that they won the game. He said afterwards, he's like, "Yeah, it's blacked out." <laughs> well, we got to get the what? What can make you start to hate them? You're never going to hate them like Brady and Belichick. But it what is, could what can Ma- get some like, of that hate I don't in the feel heart? Like Mahomes is hateable. Oh well, stuff around Mahomes is hateable. Well, though. sure. I, I mean, think- yeah, his brother and his wife. But like, I mean, like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> What do you hate? I mean, dude's got the funny voice. And he's got cool looking hair and seems like joyful about it. I mean, last night. He's a joyful human. After the game, like all he could talk about was, you know, I can't wait for the drive for the third one. I'm like, dude, enjoy it. Go play baseball for two years. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be Mark Dykin's new uh, new haha well, there. That's the replacing, that's replacing the Kawhi Leonard, I think. The oh, Kawhi wow. Leonard that's historic, man. Oh, the Kawhi laugh Boy. still takes the cake for me. How many years ago was the Kawhi Leonard laugh? Six years ago? Five years ago? Something like that. I'm just jealous. I know. I, I'm, I know. I, I'm kissing I Jimmy Cook's ring. I'm just I, jealous. His wedding ring or the one that no, he, the Chiefs fake ring. one he has? It's Chiefs ring. Jimmy Cook, for people that don't know, on game days, he takes his wedding ring off and he puts a special uh, bootleg Kansas City Chief no, fake diamond, fake diamond ring on it's it. It's legit. I think he should wear it in here, and I think Jake Query should have to get down on one knee and kiss the <laughs> ring at noon today at 12.01. That's what I think how they should well, open the show. He did have a wild outfit going on to watch <laughs> the Super Bowl. Well, the you look like show most that we've ever had on YouTube-wise. Rayful Davis joining us at 9.30, talking Purdue in the Big Ten as a whole. Pacers back in action. Again, two left until the All-Star break coming up on Thursday. It'll be at Charlotte tonight, at Toronto on Wednesday. Uh, it gets lost in the shuffle of Saturday night, Andy, but just needed. You know, I'm not going to overreact to it, but needed. And, and, you know, the Knicks were missing a ton of guys, but they also were missing a ton of guys the week prior. And you got outworked and out-hustled. I thought Miles Turner really oh, he's great. set a tone early on in that game. Uh, and Halliburton... I felt like looked his best since the injury. I, I still don't think it's like 110% by any means, but he plays 30 minutes and again, 22 and 12 and one turnover. Like that is back to the Halliburton that we are used to. We shouldn't take for granted, but we are used to there. Um, so again, much needed for the Pacers after really one of their poor performances of the season. Uh, last Thursday against Golden State. Yeah, I found it interesting that early on, and maybe th- maybe this is something tomorrow when we have Rick Carlisle on at 8 o'clock, we can ask, you know, the Knicks, because of injuries, and maybe who they are, but because of their personnel, they had to go small for large periods of that game. Which teams kind of do to Turner and, and say, well, you know, exactly. prove to us you can exactly. take advantage. And, and Turner, I thought, attacked for the most part. Oh, yeah, and, and I thought and I thought that was uh, a big part of the game. I'm with you. I think the last couple games, and no doubt against the Knicks, Halliburton just has had a little bit more of a pop to his step uh, is kind of the way that I would put it. I don't know. There's just something about the way he's moving. You can he's tell. close the to smi- skipping like yeah, Arthur again. exactly. The, the skipping around, the smile on the face type of thing. You're starting to see kind of the guy that's taken some time, uh, but I would say that as well. And then the other thing, and I listen, I, I know we have to wait and see, and I know that Doug McDermott is not Buddy Heald, but Dougie Buckets got in the game, and the first shot he took missed by like four feet. <laughs> air, to be fair, it was a bit of a late shot clock it, it, it was. It was coming off a screen. It was a deep three. It also was an air ball, and I'm like, 
Is JMV watching this? I hope not. That's all I could think of is I hope JMV is not watching that play right there. Seven minutes for Mr. McDermott on Saturday night. Tenth guy off the bench, uh, as Andy said, 0 for 1. Buddy Heald, you see his first game? Uh, looks like he's got the green light with I, Philly. I think I think he does. Yeah. 8 of 21, 4 of 12 from behind the arc. 20 for Buddy Heald in his debut with the Sixers. Pacers, big favorite tonight. 11 half can Charlotte Stinks. Uh, TJ McConnell, outstanding as well on Saturday. We should mention him. Very uh, vintage McConnell there, 16-6 and six for him off the bench. And, you know, we'll probably focus on this a lot exiting the All-Star break, but, boy, you start looking at this Eastern Conference and how closely compacted it is, especially right around where the Pacers are still hovering in that sixth spot. Just vital to get these wins. And, and the thing about Saturday night, we'll see if it matters at the end of the season, but, Andy, that was for the head-to-head season series against the Knicks. Yes, it was. So it's very important for the Pacers to get that one. Uh, they don't have a lot of those right now, but still really, really important to get that. Uh, again, it'll be at Charlotte tonight at Toronto on Wednesday. It does sound like Jalen Smith will be out the rest of this uh, week with those back spasms that have acted up a little bit. So Rick Carlisle joining us at 8 tomorrow. And Mark, I want to make sure I got the time right. He said 9.30 for Adam Silver. 9.30 for Commissioner Adam Silver tomorrow. Rick Carlisle, Adam Silver. Tomorrow. What are you How ready to? That? What are you ready to ask Adam Silver tomorrow? What you got on? What, what's in your mind? The sixty, the sixty-five game I should uh, start threshold. About that shouldn't I? Yeah, well, I've been kicking around a few things, and we have for what 10, 15 minutes now. When do, he probably doesn't get to town to win Thursday night. Yeah, perhaps I think a lot of Friday morning. Ask, okay, you know, when are things going to pick up from an activity standpoint? You know, we had Joey Graziano from the NBA in studio with us last week. I encourage people to go back and listen to that podcast because I think he sets you up well for the week. NBAevents.com, NBA Events app. That's where you need to go. I it, it sounds like, and I've scrolled around in the app a little bit, very user-friendly. Like, this will help map out of, okay, who is where, how much do things cost, you know, mapping out the day, et cetera, et cetera. But it sounds like Thursday into Friday, Friday especially, will be a big day. We are going to be uh, down at the convention center Friday morning, Doing our show again, the NBA crossover is what it's called there. Um, tons of you know musical acts and panels, and I think the G League's gonna have some games being played at the convention center as well. You'll have various meet and greets. Um, I think Miles Turner and Obi Toppin we make nice. various appearances nice. around there. So we'll continue to keep you updated on that. But again, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night—that's when you get the big events. Rising Stars Friday, Celebrity Game Friday, Saturday over at Lucas Oil for the slam dunk and three point. And then of course Sunday over at GameBridge for the All Star. Now you're game. going to everything, right? You're credentialed. Like you're yeah. you're you're hoping to attend everything. And yeah, I assume this is your first time on the All Star Game circuit. It is. Yeah, very oh, much. Good for you. Very much looking forward to it. I mean, again, 1985, the last time we've had it. So I can't <laughs> imagine when this is going to be crossed off the list again here. And for those that might have missed the announcements officially, skills competition Saturday night, you'll get the Pacers trio: Halliburton, Matherin, Turner. They will have a team, you know, a handful of teams that are in that. Halliburton will be in the three-point contest. Uh, dunk contest, no one with the Pacers in that game. You'll have Obi Toppin's little brother, Jacob Toppin, in that one. Um, and I feel like that covers it all. Rising Stars, Matherin will be in it. Didn't Oscar Shibway get one of the invites yeah, as well? Yeah, I, I think they had a couple uh, G League guys, and, yeah. he, and he was one of them. And then obviously Halliburton and Starter Sunday night. So there's a lot of Pacer interaction Correct. this week yep. outside the dunk contest, but I'm still stunned. Jalen Brown's still going to be in the dunk contest? That's the most surprising thing of the entire All-Star weekend. And I saw that he legit star. Mac McClung, the heavy favorite. How about, oh, yeah, I'll take How about him. the early odds here? Um, 
Halliburton I saw was the second. I believe Donovan Mitchell had the only worst three-point odds than Halliburton. Really? Okay. Wasn't Halliburton in the finals last year, the three-point? Or he, maybe I'm... He was. Yeah. Might as well, right? Sprinkle that? Yeah. I, yeah, I need to go. I need, you I think probably, he's been over Lucas Oil and shot before? <laughs> is, the, is the sight line going to be okay? They always talk about that in the Final Four. Speaking of Tyrese Halliburton, did you happen to see his tweet last night during the Super Bowl? Did you happen to see this no. at all? Was he wearing his uh, Purdy jersey? Uh, I don't know. He probably was. He's probably locked in, him and Brock Purdy. Who, by the way, Purdy played well enough where he's not the main story. I'm kind of happy about that. Like, he played well enough that today isn't the Brock Purdy conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, may, and maybe we talk about it more if, you know, that fourth and one is different for Kansas City or if, you know, they make an extra point or a litany of other things that could have happened uh, and Brock Purdy was Super Bowl champion. But, like, t- he played well enough and the conversation is so Chiefs that Brock Purdy has escaped being crushed in any way the day after the Super Bowl. You, uh, I saw T.Y. Hilton had this last night. T.Y. goes, I look at overtime and say, that's game manager versus the GOAT. The game manager got you a field goal. The GOAT got you the touchdown. Are you Are you there? It okay. doesn't sound like you're there, but are you? Well, I, I agree somewhat. I guess what I would say is, you know, the Niners went to a soft defense as well. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm with them. I, I, it's an easy take to have. No offense to T.Y. Yeah, Hilton, but he's pro- take, probably right. You can have him take and not go scorched earth on Brock Purdy. Like uh, you can still sit here and say, you know, Purdy had a fine game, and you know, wasn't a huge reason why the 49ers lost that game. But at the same time, and I, obviously, it's not earth shattering news by me to say there's a difference between Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. Well, yeah. no bleep, Kevin. No like, kidding. Yeah, obviously. But see, that's the reason there that is. the Niners needed to do these other things well. When you, it's fine if you don't have, uh, you know, I say a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or here, what we hope Anthony Richardson becomes. Then, then you you got to be cleaner in other areas, and I think that's the thing yeah, you can't that's going to hit off a foot. Well, yeah, that's the thing that's going to kill the point. Niners is you know they weren't clean in those other areas. Halliburton tweeted last night: Super Bowl commercials used to mean something, man. We used to be a country, and I agree with Tyrese Halliburton on that. I never, you know, having done sports radio for a number of years, has been the guy that's come in here and talked. A lot of Super Bowl commercials. I, I understand people do, and it's very popular. I've never been one of those. That, you know, that's one of my leads. Uh, but I saw that from Tyrese Halliburton, and and I would and I would be all in. And the one to me, I don't know about you guys, the commercial. And this is the only thing I'll say is I've never used this. I'm sure people have. I don't know if you if the Bowens or Dykton's have, but the Timu commercials. Oh, yeah. I never my heard of God. it until last night. Oh, you never heard of it? No. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't know I it was called. Like, I don't know if I saw that more or Dan Marino more <laughs> in my commercials last night. Someone I saw a great tweet. Is Dan Marino in financial issues here? Like I mean, how many times are we gonna see him? Didn't it feel like we saw him a ton? I mean, I, I hope he has a book called the did. Dan Marina, like they like they advertise. He can't. Yeah. He can't. He made a lot of money. Plus, he's in the Dolphins front office, so financially, he's got to be okay. I think he's just making extra cash at Super Bowl time. That's where you know old players get to come back and make a bunch of money on Radio Row and stuff like that. Yeah, but Timu, I don't know if you guys no. ever used Temu, which I learned. Temu. I thought it was Timu this Sorry, whole time. Sorry, Temu. Ooh, ooh, Temu. Yeah, it was I, very catchy in the I mean, Dykton I was household. talking about it, so I guess they did their job. But yeah, everything's I, I, like nine bucks there, or nine cents, less than that. It, yeah, it's yeah. Cl- so it's clothing. Uh, it's just it's everything. everything you it's want. Like a, it's like an oh. Amazon kind of. You can get shoes. You can get household items. You can get whatever you want. I think this stuff is straight from China too. It is. Yeah. 
Uh, Alec wanted to go back here. He just messaged me about the taking the ball, or Kyle Shanahan deciding to defer. For those that missed Shanahan's comments post game, again in overtime, the new NFL rules: each team possesses the ball. So in the regular season, we get used to the if you get the ball and you score a touchdown, it's over. Game is right. over. That is not the case here in the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan's thought process, I thought when he deferred, I thought initially, Andy, he was thinking about his defense and not having them go right back out on the field. Remember, one of their starting safeties got hurt on the Kelsey catch and run to set up the Harrison Bucker, send the game into overtime. And I thought there was a little bit of a, hey, uh, George Odom now is about to go in the game here moving forward, and you want to get him up to speed. Like, you want to, okay, let's calm everybody down. Let's get the front four to rest a little bit here. You know, a lot of pass rush snaps on that final drive, et cetera, et cetera. Shanahan did not go there post game though. He went with the if it gets to a third possession, I want to have sudden death and the ball. So again, to play that whole scenario out, let's say San Francisco kicked the field goal like they did in the first drive. Let's say Kansas City would have settled for a field goal at some point. I know it's laughable to think about now. Then all of a sudden, you go to a third drive. San Francisco gets the ball. If they score any points, a field goal, they win the game there. So Shanahan opted for sudden death over information because the info was Kansas City. If and when they needed to go for it on fourth downs, which they only had one, the fourth and one, they obviously went for that knowing they had to get some points. Uh, I did find one Shanahan after the game. He was asked about this. This was the main press conference. Here's what he had to say. Uh, it's just something we talked about with – you know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. I saw Chris Jones mention game, Andy, that um, Kansas City would have gone for two mm-hmm. had San Francisco scored that first touchdown there and kick the extra point. I so, believe it, by the way. Yeah, I, I would. That, I, I believe him. I don't, think, I don't think that was BS. Do you think they should have? It was a fourth and four from the nine-yard line. Moody kicks the 27-yard field goal. I know hindsight is obviously 20-20, but when you sat there on the couch, did you think at that time? You know, because they, they got to a second and four from the nine. McCaffrey stuffed, third and four, Purdy incomplete. It's fourth and four from the nine. I don't remember Romo going too much into the. You know, do you go for it here? I I, I don't. I didn't feel like I. I did not have as it, much of a thought. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's, it's a bad spot because you can't go for it there. But kicking the field goal, you you can't feel good about kicking the field goal, right? You kick the field goal begrudgingly. I will say the fourth down where they went for it down three. The Niners, they were down three, right? Like I did an audible it's a kittle, right? Yeah, I did uh-huh. an I did an audible gasp first cut. That, that he went for it there. I I, I did I, I gasped out loud because I, I just couldn't believe um they did that. I, I think Shanahan listen, I think his answer is kind of garbage. I, I understand it, but here's the thing. You're playing for the third possession in overtime. To me, there is some admitting that, number one, and of course not, he had the data once he's doing this press conference, of, okay, so are you not confident you're scoring on your first possession? And then you're telling me that your defense, in a big moment, against the greatest of all time, like, you know when we talk about 
game flow. What there's been several games where you have mentioned that. Yeah, I'm where a the big numbers it, say yeah. something, as am I. Where there's game flow, the game flow has to come into account there that we're not playing Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl. Well, we're Kansas facing, City had just got a couple ten play drives against you. Had moved it much. The, I mean, they moved it the best all game in the fourth I, quarter. I, I think. I think the only excuse that he has, because I think this will be seen as he did the wrong thing here, and we had the result is. How tired was his defense? And on top of it, did he feel like the Chiefs, who at the end of the game, or at the end of uh, regulation, I mean, the Niners were able, before they settled for a field goal, they were able to move the ball. I mean, their line of scrimmage, McCaffrey was getting what he wanted. You feel like you could easily be in a second and four, just about second and three, just about every time. That would be the thing. Was he protecting his defense while also trying to exploit their defense? But if so, that I mean, if so, then I don't know. To me, you're admitting that you're not going to score a touchdown on that first drive. That's how I view it. Yeah, the whole third possession, again, it seems a bit ludicrous to think, oh my gosh, Kyle Shanahan, you're thinking that far ahead? Like, it's Mahomes. What? Like, yeah, what about the first and second possessions exactly. of overtime? But then, part of me is also thinking to myself, wait a minute, Kansas City had 12 drives in that game until overtime. 12 drives. Andy, they scored one touchdown on their 12 drives. The one touchdown was after the buff punt. I know. I know. Short field. I know. So, like, I I guess they hadn't hadn't driven for a touchdown against you all game long. Now, again, part of me is like, well, sure, I know that data's there, but it's Mahomes. And they had just started to move. Like, it felt like the fourth quarter, they had moved it a little bit more. And to your point, I thought San Francisco's defense, whether it was tired, whether the Greenlaw injury was catching up to them, I don't know what it was, but their defense was nowhere near as controlling and suffocating as I felt like we saw in the first couple of quarters. So, again, I know probably the low-hanging fruit is just to rip Shanahan for that. But then part of me is like, wait a minute. They didn't drive for a touchdown on you all game long. Right. If you do get to the one field goal, and then all of a sudden, yeah, Bucker makes it from 50, and now you're a field goal away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I just, I wasn't in the, oh my gosh, this is the dumbest thing in the world. And even looking back on it. You know I, why? I think I know why. We we don't have years of data on what you do here. And I guess Shane Han kind of said that hey, in Even though he said, well, we talked about analytics, that's fine. But you also haven't, we don't have 25 years, 20 years, five years. Do you of, like the rule? I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good you with like it. like changing it up? Because this stems from Chiefs' I, bills I know, in the playoffs, I, I think right? This is, this is my problem, that I'm fine with the rule. I don't have a hot take on the rule. I will say, when it happened against Kansas City, the moaning and whining and crying that hey, both teams need to possess the ball. I, KB, I did not. Obviously, we weren't doing a show together then. Did you feel that way? I never felt that way. Well, I does mean, it I, stem I, from Chiefs Bills or Chiefs Bengals? It was Bengals, wasn't it? Because Bengals beat them. So it had to be the Bengals, was it not? I'm trying to remember. But, right, I, but I, I mean, I, the it Bills had to be didn't Joe get Burrow. the ball on the 13 second year when they scored with 13 seconds to go. I don't know. Yeah, it all uh, runs together. The, the I, fact there's this many Chiefs runs just <laughs> continues to make me sick. Uh, Corey says I watch. Jealous. I watch for the Twisters movie trailer. After that, uh, the commercials weren't memorable like they used to be. Oh, yeah, I mean, do we need Matty to redo Bone was Twisters? Going nuts with um, really with uh, was it the Wizard of Oz? Wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah, yeah. That, that actually yeah. looked mm-hmm. pretty good. She went nuts on that. Did she? Mm-hmm. Have you guys went on a date night? Have you went to go see that play? I'm sure you have. Have no. you not? seen it? Yeah, really. No. We've not, but it, it sounds like it 
should be on the horizon, or I probably should play him that now that I think about it. Well, my my wife went like with like you know the girls. They went to go see Wicked a time or two. I've never seen it. I wouldn't mind to see it. I've just never seen it. the Dightons have been a little yeah. date night. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, it was a Christmas present to Ashley like before we had nice. kids. So will we not get a Taylor Swift Super Bowl halftime act until Travis Kelsey retires, assuming their relationship stays intact? Is that too close to the game? To have Taylor Swift perform at halftime. Well, supposedly they wanted her this year and she turned them down. Be- yeah, because oh, of yeah. The relationship? This was be- I think it was before. No, no that's before. Yeah, it was before we, that happened. But, but that's did before she know? We knew, uh, well, did she know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's all uh, it's all pre-written it's by the. It's theory, all pre-written right? by President the NFL. Biden had a tweet about that last <laughs> yeah. night. Oh yeah, uh-huh. he did. That's one of those like. Hey, I did Biden, laugh out loud. You might want to lay. You might want to lay out of this oh, one. Oh, I thought it was funny. to lay out of this one. Not sure if he pressed send on it, but you know, I don't think it was people. I don't think it was him pressing send. No, yeah, his people. Unfortunately, that's a question that we've had over a lot of things here. Uh, All right, Rayfield Davis going to join us in about an hour. We'll talk more IU Purdue and the Big Ten as a whole. It does feel like what you say, Wisconsin was that three straight losses for them now. Yes, sir. Feels like Purdue is in firm control. So on this morning checkdown, we'll obviously talk that. We'll talk some Pacers and big for the Dogs and the Sycamores as well. All right, let's stick with the Super Bowl. 25-22, that's your final last night. Super Bowl 58 in Vegas now in the books. Dynasty talk all around. Here's Andy Reid postgame. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. But I think uh, I'm back-to-back is rare error for this football team and this organization. So, you know, I got asked so many times, is it a dynasty? I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you can figure it out. But it's a great win It's because I know how hard it is to do and then how hard the season was, the ups and downs of the season, and how proud I am of the guys for just hanging with each other. Yeah, they marched through the postseason there in the AFC again. 25-22, your final. And now we sit here today, Kevin Bowen, 73 days until the NFL draft. <laughs> How about that D, baby? 73 days, baby. Let's go. Two weeks till the combine, right? I believe so. We will be down there for that. Yes, shout out to Steve Spagnuolo, that Kansas City defense. Really, you talk about throughout the run, it, it had a bit of a feel for me. Colt Super Bowl run in 06. Yes, Manning, Mahomes, they get all of the praise, but man, don't forget about what the defense did. George Karloftis, talk about local product stepping up on the big stage. He's good. He certainly did that last night. All right, shifting gears to Saturday night in West Lafayette. It was, boy, patting Indiana on the head. That is a good way to describe what Purdue did to the Hoosiers there in that one. 79 59, Purdue covers a 17 and a half point spread, even though it looked like CJ Gunn was going to shoot. Indiana to that backdoor cover there for a while. Uh, you started four for four for the Hoosiers, and that was probably the last time you clapped the entire game. Again, domination from Purdue. Braden Smith, Andy, he was five of 33 in the first three matchups he has had in his career against Indiana. Outstanding, though, on Saturday night. 15 in the first half. Again, at times, I felt like Indiana was just like, yeah, let's just let him uh, shoot layups. I'm like, are you sure about that? Uh, <laughs> clinical. From the Westfield guard again to me, he is an All-American type of player. That Bob Cousy award list, I think, has sparked something in him getting the stub there. So the Boilers get another victory, and they continue to pad their lead in the Big Ten. How much do we? I feel like we need to we need to mention the ED three more. The what do we need to three? Yeah, what right? do we need to do with ED's three? Like, can, are we contractually obligated to do what? We, we got to talk about it more than we already have. Yeah, the bank. I've always been curious, like what that <laughs> shot looks like from because I think his free throw 
uh, form. I think it's like very good looking. Oh, he's got a good form. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Seven four. It doesn't look like Shaq up there shooting foul shots at all. So no. Yeah, that was nice to see there from Zach Eady. And again, Purdue, Minnesota, in Mackey Thursday night for Indiana. Week off. Oh, did they get the week off now? Week off. Much needed, right? Yeah. yeah, Uh, Speaking of college hoops from Saturday, how about, I guess, the re-comeback by Butler? Up nine at halftime. Then they're down seven with four to go against Providence, and they make the plays via bully ball there late. Jameel Telfort with, like, the left-handed hook, and then Pierre Brooks to take the lead. What did you think about the bang-bang dunk attempt by Providence there? Uh, no call inside of Hinkle Fieldhouse. Did you think that was a good no call there? Uh, probably not, but that's fine. I have, I have no problem Some with it. Cooking. Yeah, I got no problem with it. And now Marquette and Crane this week. Quite a week for Butler. I mean, this is this is the type of week where I know you're a bubble team, but this is the type of week where, boy, I, I say if you can win one or two, obviously if you could ever win both, but you can lock up an NC. You can almost lock up an NCAA tournament. I was going to say, I feel like they're like kind of twisting the knob a little bit to have this locked up. I mean, we talked about the eight-game stretch they had upcoming, seven quad one opportunities in those eight games. Andy, so far, they're three and one. I mean, that is a dream scenario for Butler here from the start. Again, they'll continue this little three-game homestand. As Andy said, 6.30 tip tomorrow with Marquette. That is a Marquette team that Butler went up to Milwaukee and beat earlier this year. Uh, That was kind of the start of their big, big win. And then Indiana State, Saturday afternoon, much needed just to hold serve. At this point with Indiana State, Andy, it's nothing they can do to really help their resume. Right. It's to keep the bad, ugly loss off of it. Uh, And they did that with winning at Missouri State. Julian Larry, uh, some big shots for them in the final few minutes. And Ryan Conwell, the Pike product, the leading scorer for the Sycamores. They are back in action tomorrow. You said Illinois State for them, is that right? Yeah, and I'm looking at it right now. They have, per Ken Palm, they're above 80% in a lot of these games, above 90 95% to win all these games. Saturday might be the one you could potentially stumble against. Southern Illinois on the road. Uh, that is set to be, per Ken Palm, a four-point game. Indiana State, uh, State, a 65% chance of winning that. Otherwise, KB, I mean, it's 87, 83, 92, 94, 95. So, I mean, you know, you can get kind of get by Saturday. There's a good chance they enter with what that would be 28 and three going into conference tournament play. Boy, I think if they get to that point, Andy, just one one win in the mobile tournament would be enough. I, I don't. It's weird when you get to those mid major resumes, but I think that would be. Uh, shout out to Terry Moore and the IU women. They absolutely dominate Purdue yesterday. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes, all time leading scorer for Hoosiers. All right, last item from me. Uh, Pacers back in action tonight. 11.5-point road favorite. You don't see that very often. Shows you where the Hornets are. I expect Miles Bridges to shoot it 35 times and Brandon (laughs) Miller probably to do the same there. Pacers over the Knicks, 126-111 Saturday night. Again, Halliburton looked back to his normal self. I believe he had only reached that 30-minute mark one other time since he suffered that hamstring injury over a month ago. So very important step for him. TJ McConnell, Miles Turner, great and uh, Doug McDermott off the bench, 7 minutes, 0 for 1 from the field. Be curious to see how that McDermott role evolves. It does sound like Jalen Smith will be out the rest of this first half of the season. Just two games left tonight and Wednesday, but those back spasms continuing to act up for him. 
Yeah, I'm looking at no. This is Hall, it was Halliburton's first 30 minute game. Remember, he played 35 against Portland. That's what aggravated everything. Yeah, and I then, guess I was going back to the Portland. Yeah, game, if or you go to back, the Boston game. Yeah, I mean, Houston. He played 29 minutes. If you remember, we could go Houston. He played 29 minutes, 26 against Golden State, and then he hit 30. And I really think Golden State uh, or what was the other game? Set was it Sacramento? Uh, we talked to Carlisle about there were a couple other games the the first Charlotte game he a week and a half in. ago yeah so there are games he probably could have hit thirty but it was the first time he hit thirty minutes in a game again Pacers tonight that is a seven o'clock tip uh, is it seven on Wednesday too I think it is I don't know I'd have to double check that sometimes north of the border I feel like they do that a little bit later but that'll be the Pascal Siakam return game seven thirty in 7:30 Toronto 30 yeah on Wednesday Bruce Brown seeing his former team. All right, on the other side, we'll continue a little Super Bowl conversation. IU Purdue as well. Rayful Davis joining us coming up at 9.30. And we still got to give out our goats of the weekend. We'll probably do that on the other side. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, we'll get to the goats of the week coming up here in just a second. Mark Dighton's enjoying himself today, isn't he? Rayfield Davis will join us at 930. We'll talk some Purdue, Indiana. You have your goats ready for the weekend? I do. Okay, just making sure you got your goats ready for the weekend. I'm uh, I'm ready to go. I still We still have not talked about Notre Dame over Virginia Tech on Saturday night. <laughs> Biggest game in the state. Who's, who's, who's the coach at Virginia Tech? Is it Mike Young? Mike Young. Who is now fiery the coach? individual, yeah. Yeah, fiery. Well, he needs to be a little a little bit. I mean, Virginia Tech stinks, don't they? Oh, no. They stink right there in Notre Dame. They're 13 and 9. Was that a road, the game? Was that a road kill for Notre Dame or was that a home game? <laughs> Come on now. Let's not get too far. <laughs> we can't ahead. ask for everything. Of ourselves. Purcell Pavilion rocking on Saturday night. Okay, there you go. Oh, oh goodness. Whoa, Mark's really right. feeling he it. Loves, he loves some Usher last night. That's yeah. going to be one of my goats of the weekend. Nine right? months from now, we might have a <laughs> an announcement here for Mark. No, not for me. No. I'm all taken care of. Nothing's happening there. Are we sure? I'm. I it better have taken. Yeah. <laughs> it better. I'm all. I've got to talk to a doctor if it didn't. Uh, Rayfell Davis <laughs> coming up at nine thirty. We'll talk Purdue IU, the Big Ten in general with him uh, tomorrow. Great lineup. Brick Carlisle, of course, going to join us like he do- does every Tuesday at eight o'clock, and Adam Silver at nine thirty. So really looking forward to that. We'll bump the pop quiz to that final segment today. It is a busy pop quiz in terms of giveaways. Pair of tickets to Dave Matthews coming up in late June. That is June 28th for that. A pair of tickets. And as we did last week, and we'll continue to do all of this week, uh, mm-hmm. the Cluster Truck yep. gift cards. Uh-huh. $25 gift cards. Love Cluster Truck. Used it this weekend. And look at that. Yeah. Used Cluster Truck this weekend. You better believe it. So shout out to Cluster Truck again. They've got the free delivery from Fountain Square all the way up through Carmel. Make it right there at the kitchen. Such a very diverse menu. Over at Cluster Truck, so we'll continue to give away those $25 gift cards uh, all week long. All right, let's dive into it. Goats of the weekend. Fire up the open, Mark. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. This guy sucks. Of the week. 
this goes one of two ways. Uh, we have our go to the weekend, the greatest, who had a great weekend and who had kind of a crappy weekend. And we do it right here uh, on the wake up call. You want to go with the lowercase goat first? Sure. Is that okay? Uh, I'm going to go with JJ Watt's hair. That's oh, all that I wow. need to say. Did you see J.J. Watt getting a lot of... I, I was fine with it, but he's being crushed on Twitter. Yeah, it looks like he's hair. getting ready for prom 2002. Yeah, he had like the spikes. Yeah. And, I don't know if I'm in the hair police department. <laughs> well, Thank you to We Grow Hair India, but I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of things we can't do that we did you know, talk this. about on the air. Uh, Boomer Sison sitting next to him. Boomer Sison looks the same size as J.J. Watt. I'm like, damn, Boomer's big. Uh, he's a big dude, yeah. So J.J. Oh, yeah. Watt's hair looked a little prom-like? I mean, you didn't, did you notice it? Like it was spiky. And everything. Yeah, he had frosted tips. Can't he had he had the spikes and the frosted tips. Oh yeah, it was very a, Dawson's Creek. Yes, it was a big conversation Dawson's piece on, on the internet. That's actually a great way to put it. He uh, looked like Dawson's Creek. My lowercase go to the weekend. I'm getting old. Oh boy, I'm getting old. Oh and boy, physical uh, health, sure, but uh, more mentally. I, you, go, I think we all have been here in some capacity. But over the weekend, Notre Dame football got a commit from a play. You know, I should be excited about that, right? Notre Dame football gets a commit. Whose son is it? Here we go. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a wideout. You know, the wideout position. You got to continue to bolster. Got sure. depth there. Andy, he is the wideout of a former giant great and, you know, oh boy. certainly a man oh, yeah. that has ventured late into the night before and got into some things. Uh, the son of one Plaxico Burris. Oh, has nice. committed to Notre Dame. Good for you. How tall is he? Elijah Burris. Is he a big tall kid I like his dad? I he's or? like at that frame okay. um, just yet, but I, I just Love I saw it and I'm excited and then I'm like, damn, I'm old. Uh, you got Erlacher's kid too, so you've got Plaxico so Burris Erlacher's and Erlacher's kid was in the previous commit, uh, yeah, uh-huh. previous class, and they're also going after Jerome Bettis' son okay, in was, this upcoming that's, class. That's where I thought you may, plays may have been out, going, yeah. ironically enough, but I'm like... Gosh, this is where I'm at, right? Is Burris is he like a four star kid? Uh, I mean, I he's got to be so, going yeah, to Notre Dame. He's got to be you know, okay. from New Jersey. Yeah, and all I'll, that. I'll look he's it up. Six foot one. Like, and I'm seeing you know Indiana basketball is recruiting Carmelo's <laughs> kid, the Mike Woodson. Kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is where we're at right now, right? I'm sure Carmelo's kid just loves the offense uh, that <laughs> what he's running there. Brings up <laughs> m- shout out to my dad. He made this comment before. He knew it was time to retire from teaching when he started to have the grandkids. Oh, of no people kidding. That he's had a hell of a run no for kidding. my father, of course, uh, in Wayne Township. But yeah, I, I think at that point, that's when you know, oh boy, it's time to hang it up. So <laughs> yeah. I, I feel old. Clock's up. What do you have, Mark? So mine is uh, just kind of kind of. Why uh, football season's over, and that stinks. We've got seven months now until a meaningful NFL game to look forward to. That kind of blows, right? Yeah, but, not very yeah fun. but we have Anthony Richardson. Should he change his playing style for hey. the next six months? Yeah, yeah. tweeted out a video or Instagram a video we can talk about. Well, what's your saying? Tweak, not not. What's your saying that you you have you have penned with Anthony Richardson's playing style? Oh, Do you remember? Limit, not eliminate. Limit, not eliminate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put there it on a t-shirt. Go. You got all these t-shirt slogans. All exactly. Of a sudden. Right. Where'd you come from with that? Uh, so you're also, sad about football? I am. I, I am. Because yes, I'm I like, know. wow, I'm, not, I'm looking at I got at the, emotional. I was Chris Jones crying. I'm looking there. at yeah. the betting apps. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be using you much <laughs> next couple months. A L- lot of Big Ten, a lot of AAC and like Big Ten big basketball. Over the I did have a good golf win. I, I, I shot you that screenshot because I threw, a, I threw a $10 bet, which is the max I could do, on a 30% boost on, uh, what's even his name? <laughs> oh, my God. doesn't even know his name. <laughs> Nick. Unbelievable. Who won? Nick Jones. Is that the guy? No. That's not it. 
Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor, that's right. <laughs> Nick Jones is probably someone you went to high school with, Mark. No, that just the... showed you. I looked at the leaderboard. I said, sure, I'll throw 10 bucks on this guy and ended up winning. It's like, all right, that was, that was nice. But I saw the golfers whining about it. Like, uh, oh, get like, was, over was it. Was it Billy? Uh, is it Horschel? Yeah, Horschel's kind of a jack. Okay, man. that's what I figured. Yeah. No, but no, he was I, upset. I, I actually love the environment for one. One week out of the year, the waste management. I, I, I'm all yeah, team. Yeah, it's like one, one time. I'm all a, team fan. Yeah, one time a year. Let him. Zach Johnson dropping it. You don't serve me to people in the crowd. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> get over it. Also, in the water. Also, a year from now, are we getting Tom Brady on the Super Bowl call? Because doesn't Fox, Fox have a broadcast? Right. So if, if Tom Where Brady slides in Super Bowl, uh, New Orleans, I believe. Oh, that's right. Because Reggie Wayne mentioned potentially him in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. in New Orleans. He, he's a New Orleans native. Oh yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, my big goat of the weekend, and I. This is probably not something. Well, it, it definitely is not something that happened over the weekend. And I don't know who to praise for this. Okay, okay. but. We have had a, I feel like a new craze, new age, universally throughout basketball arenas that have happened this year, and it immediately garners the biggest cheer you'll get in an entire game. Okay. So some marketing person out there, I don't know who I need to praise, but whoever came up with the idea of free blank if opposing team misses back-to-back free throws oh, is the greatest idea yeah, great. in the history of in-game entertainment. I'm watching Purdue-Indiana on yep, Saturday night. I knew where you're going. And yep. through the TV as Trey Galloway misses that second free throw, <laughs> that's the loudest cheer of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally. It's one of them besides the three-pointer. If it is Gamebridge Fieldhouse, if it's Hinkle, if it's per- wherever you are, Whoever came up with the idea of, and I don't know, it's probably some fast food chain. What do you get? Free curly fries, I think, at Pacer games if they miss back to back free throws. That is a genius idea. So I don't know who the marketing intern across professional sports or even college sports are, but the fact that every arena had not, has now adopted that to some degree, genius. Well, the NBA had to change it up because everyone scores 100 points. Remember, that used to be a big deal. But and if in you college, the right big but guy. if you follow the right, well, the one for me was Peyton Sparks. He missed the first one, Ooh, and then he, he and then he made and yeah. then he made the second one. Don't say one. Peyton Sparks has not helped out on you this listen, year. That was big. That was a big one. Uh, here's my, I, you know, that I enjoy battles that I'm not a part of, and when I see things happen, so my go to the week was the conversation around Usher, where. Uh, where where everybody where everybody loved Usher over the weekend, so that's my goat of the week. He got to take his shirt off uh, and everything, and I didn't see him taking his shirt off. It, and me it, taking the shirt off looks slightly <laughs> different. It was very much groupthink that I thought on Twitter you had to say you liked Usher. Because if you said, I didn't really care for Usher, then you would be attacked if you didn't care uh, for the Usher performance. But I think he won the weekend. I mean, I hadn't thought of Usher in 15 years. Have you? I mean, college days. It sounds like Mark's thought about Usher a whole well, lot based yeah. off how many times. He was good. I mean, I'm not <laughs> the, huge, the biggest Usher fan, but then like he's going through his catalog. Like, okay. Oh, he's got, he's like got more songs hits. than I thought. Yeah. No, I... Uh, I enjoyed us. Again, at the end of the day, they're not creating a halftime act to appease Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, no, and Mark Dighton. They're there to do it for mm. Nikki Sweeney, Ashley Dighton, <laughs> and yeah. Maddie Bowen there. And they certainly, or at least judging by Maddie's effort during the halftime show, very, very pleased. I told you, I've always Usher. said this. I would love for them to do, uh, Mark, you'll love this, like a, like a 90s, early 2000s rock, like a Creed, Foo Fighters, uh, a, a Hinder, or something like that. Someone like that, yeah. Oh, someone no, like I, that. I, we got Creed days the, of the new. Let's go. We got Creed in one of my goods, so that's that's fine. 
Creed was in that commercial. That's that was one of my the, goods. The, Par- was, the Paramount uh, Plus commercial. It's one of the solid uh, commercials that I, I really enjoyed. Now that was you my were good. A fan, you said, of Lil John coming out? Oh, I love. Who doesn't love Lil John and Luda? So Lil John greater than Usher for you? Yeah, see, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Usher guy, but then I looked at the internet and everyone's like, oh, I love this is this is a 10 out of 10. Well, it's like the here's a problem. If you didn't really enjoy it last night, you can't be, you could not be the guy that wrote in with. I didn't really care for Usher because you were going to be absolutely beat over the head. You really were. <laughs> that seems a bit much. There. Give me, give me little John and give me Luda. Both uh, of them, love them. More IU Purdue chatter on the horizon. Well, again, the jealousy is high for me in watching the Chiefs continue to do what they've done. Some big giveaways coming up on the pop quiz nine o'clock hour. Rayful Davis joins us at nine thirty. Thank you for spending this Monday morning with us. It is the wake up call right here on 93.5-107.5 The fan. Rayfield Davis, Purdue three what three year captain uh, there at Purdue. He'll join us, Big Ten analyst. He'll join us coming up. We moved him up, right? So he'll join us top of the nine o'clock hour here in about seven or eight minutes or so. But Kevin Bowen looked at me during the break and he says, "I have a note on IU and Purdue uh, from over the weekend." So fire away, what you got for us? You know, showed you where the game was unfolding on Saturday night when everyone started to look up the hey, hand me the media guy <laughs> biggest margin and two matchups between these two teams and how long. Uh, you got to go back for Purdue over Indiana. You got to go back. I mean, hell, it was like 80 some years. But in the rivalry period, either team, you just go back 11. And that would be the Tom Crean 2013 team. Obviously, a team that was number one seed, lost in Sweet 16, et cetera, et cetera, to Syracuse. I think we know a lot about that. But, you know, on the flip side of it, Andy, you know, Purdue got their ass handed to them that season by Indiana. I mean, it was a thorough beatdown in both of those meetings, and it was a huge look-in-the-mirror moment for Matt Painter and his Purdue tenure. Of Obviously, they had had a lot of success with the Baby Boilers and the Hummel and the Moore and the Johnson, Chris Kramer teams, but then it, it, you know, it tailed off then a little over a decade ago. And you know, Matt Painter said it to us two months ago, Andy, when we had him on of, uh, I had to change some ways in the type of player, the type of athlete I was recruiting, and the results speak to it. And I guess that's now the question I have for Indiana. It's probably more program hole for Indiana than it is maybe coach hole, because even if they do retain Mike Woodson, which they are, and I say that for a couple of years, Mike Woodson ain't coaching this team in a decade, like Matt Painter is coaching Purdue right now in a in a decade. So how does Indiana respond to the beatdowns of this season. And how did Purdue do it 11 years ago? Andy, they've won 15 of 19 over Indiana. Imagine walking out of that 2013 season, and if you're a fan of IU and you're a fan of Purdue, and going up to both fan bases and saying, all right, if you're Purdue, right now, you just lost by combined more than 60 points in these two matchups to your rival. You're going to win 15 of 19 in this series. And then say to Indiana fans, with Zeller, with Farrell, you know, and, and, and you know, the great recruiting classes sure. oh, yeah, that were sure. upcoming as well. You'd gotten out of the hell that Kelvin Sampson had kind of left Tom Crean in and say to them, hey, you're going to lose 15 of 19 to your rival. It, it's That is the wake-up call, the question, however you want to describe it, for Indiana right now. And again, to me, it's much bigger than Mike Woodson. It's Scott Dolson. It's Pam Witt. Like, it is high up on that rung of, how are you going to react to this? And of course, for Indiana, it's not just what your rival's doing to you right now. It's also the, unless the tournament expands to 200 teams, you're not making it this year, and you haven't made a Sweet 16 now in how long, and, and you know, again, consistent tournament appearances are not anywhere close to commonplace. That is 
going to be, I think, the biggest wake-up call exiting the season. Yeah, a few things on this. So I've seen, I know even Zach Osterman a couple weeks ago wrote about this. It's like, you know, this year is what it is, but you can't let it happen again. Uh, Okay, so Mike, I mean, we are in agreement that A, that is true, and B, Mike Woodson needs to tell us how it's not going to happen again. I know even alluded to it after the game. was like, well, we're going to have to get some new dudes. I mean, that's fine. I, I, happen I to think, think his post-game press conferences are pathetic. I, well, I think they're I not think very good. Zero self-accountability whatsoever. Well, he acts like there's 30 games left in the season with a bunch of quad one opportunities. Listen, he's just trying to he's just trying to make sure this thing doesn't doesn't go off the off the rails completely. I mean that that's the way I view it. The rest of this season, Big Ten tournament, trying to instill some hope. But I mean, I think that's the thing here is that there's just not very much hope. They need to get guards. They need to get guys. And we've probably hit the part of the season where we wonder, hey, who actually could come back on this team? Who do we want to come back? On this team, like Mackenzie and Baco cannot dribble at an NBA level. <laughs> I mean, come on, you guys have watched. You watch Pacers and Knicks over the weekend. Can that guy play? Yeah, but you know uh, how and, guys and, declaring I, for I the understand. Draft I understand. Weak draft, right? So I just wonder how. Uh, I wonder how all of that's going to play. I wonder who they want to come back next season. All right, on the other side, Rayful Davis, Big Ten Network. For whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. For Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, he joins us next. Reminder, coming up in a half an hour, uh, we'll have uh, we'll give you a chance to win that oil change, but we're going to be giving away part of the pop quiz, $25 gift certificate to Cluster Truck, and then a pair of tickets, right, Mark, to Dave Matthews Band, uh, quite the opposite of Usher and Little John there, Dave Matthews Band, coming your way June, uh, was the 28th, I believe you said, so late June, that, that concert's going to be happening at Ruoff, we'll be giving away those tickets coming up here in about a half an hour. Let's keep the Purdue IU discussion going. Rafael Davis joining us, Big Ten analyst, obviously former Purdue player as well, and he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rafael, good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. How are you? Uh, man, we're, we're great. Let's start with this right here. Uh, you heard the intro there with a, with a little usher. Give us something on the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl? What did you think of it? What did you think of the halftime show? Uh, you're an American. You watched it. What did you think? I didn't watch too much of the game. I watched a little bit of it overtime, but I, yeah, I watched the halftime show. I thought uh, I thought it was really good. I was a um, big Usher fan growing up. I think the song with Alicia Keys is one of my favorite mm. songs I uh, ever heard in my life. So I thought that was great. I thought Alicia Keys was great. I thought the uh, performance was amazing. Alicia Keys very easy on the eyes and the ears <laughs> with those vocals yeah. as well. Rayfield <laughs> Davis, former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, you saw him in West Lafayette. You see him on the Big Ten Network. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Let's go back to Saturday night, Rayfell. Um, difference for you in that one, Indiana, you know, I guess hung around for four minutes and then pretty much the rest was kind of what we saw in Bloomington. Uh, what were your observations from Saturday night? Um, well, one of my observations was that I think Paint wanted to beat those dudes by 30 if he had the chance. I think um, I think that was one of those games where I think Paint was making a, making a, um, making a statement. I thought he wanted to keep the guys sharp, keep them focused. I think that's why he played them the whole game pretty much. I think um, Brandon Smith was the best player on the floor at times. I think since that Nebraska loss, Brandon Smith has been great. I mean, he's upped his assists. He's lowered his turnovers. He's um, just really just – controlling the game in a real way. So I think um, 
you have your point guard playing this way at this time of the year, it always goes well for you. I mean, Zach was Zach. And then um, although it was the greatest offensive game for Purdue outside of those two guys, they really um, looked like they dialed in on the scouting report. Their defense was um, was really good. I think they held – this off the top of my head, you can go check. But I think they held Khalil Ware and Malik Renew to, I think, 17 points on 8 to 18 from the field. Yep. And I think uh, when you do something like that, you're just locked in. And that's in, that's Indiana's attack. That's how they score the ball. Uh, Purdue was great on their double teams, their digging, their rotations, uh, knowing who to guard, who not to guard. So I think it was uh, one of those games where – and like Zach said after the game, they're not a finished product. But when they uh, when you start to grind out games on the defensive end at this time of the year, that kind of helps for you. Because in March, everything slows down and it comes to a half-court game. Mostly. Rafael Davis joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. As a former player and now an uh, analyst, this is at least how I saw it, okay? I just thought Purdue was having fun, and I almost thought they were head-patting Indiana, that they were laughing at Indiana, that Edie hits the three. And you're right, they wanted to win that game by 30. If it weren't for C.J. Gunn making some late baskets, uh, Rafael, who knows what that score could have been. Is that how you felt watching it, that Purdue was almost kind of laughing as they were dismissing Indiana for the second straight time this season? I won't say they were... I won't say they're laughing at them. I just think they were having fun with the game. I think uh, it was more about Purdue than it was about Indiana. I think um, Zach hitting that three had no had nothing to do with Indiana. It could have been anybody. And I think the guys were going to have a good time with it. The crowd was going to have a good time with it. I thought, uh, well, if it was up 20 or down by one, that was uh, it was a good shot he took. It wasn't as if they were out there, they were out there taking bad shots. But I do think they uh, – they have the confidence that they're just the better team. And sometimes it can come off as that way when you are just the better team. And, and it's like the varsity playing at JV at times. So I think because um, Purdue didn't play well offensively outside of me, outside of that shot, outside of a few possessions. It was more of a, um, a toughness game because I've also sat in that game and I've lost that game by 30 as well in Mackey. So I think um, Paint expressed how important it is to win that game since we lost those games. I don't think um, my freshman year – we took it the game as serious as we should have. And I think the game since my freshman year, since 2013, I think it's uh, – you can go look at the record. I think it's uh, – guys understand what type, the magnitude of the game. Is. They came out and they showed it. 15-4 and four, Purdue over Indiana since those games Rafael was talking about back in that 2013 season. Rafael Davis, of course, with us. See him on Big Ten Network. Uh, he's joining us on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rafael, I want to go Big Ten as a whole um, – Maybe biggest surprise in a positive direction and biggest surprise in a negative direction as we sit here with less than a month to go in the regular season. Uh, biggest surprise in a positive direction would be Rutgers. Uh, they're sitting at five and seven right now, and then when I look at the remainder of their season, I mean it's. Uh, I mean they have to play really well. I mean obviously their defense is going to be their defense, but their offense if they continue to be what it is, and Jeremiah Williams continues at this rate, one he'll be an All Conference guy in eleven games, but then two. They could really go six and two over the next two over the next eight. If you look at who they play and where they play them and the style of play, I mean they've already beaten a couple teams in there, and I mean you maybe lose to Purdue, you maybe lose at Wisconsin, but it's a lot of winnable games in there. If you take it game by game, and then Rutgers goes from bottom of the league to maybe top five in the league. So I think they're uh, Jeremiah Williams has been super surprising. I haven't seen a guy come to a team. And them just halfway through the year, three quarters through the year, and them just give him the ball and say, "You go, you go score." I mean, he must have been just dominant in practice. He, um, 
you can tell how good he is. He makes everyone better on the floor. He changes those guys' roles and makes them more comfortable. But then in the negative surprise, I would say, um, in the negative surprise, I guess I'd say Maryland. Uh, Maryland, when you look at their core, you look at Jameer Young, I mean, he looks like, I mean, I was joking around the other day, and I was saying, it feels like dudes are just wasting Jameer Young's senior season. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. I mean, he's um, having an All-American type season, but they're just not going to win enough games for him to be considered. So I think uh, when you got Julian Reese, when you got Dante Scott, that gives you the core. But I don't think they're um, – one, I don't think they're consistent enough, those two guys, but then I don't think they're freshmen gave them what they expected. I think um, their lack of shooting really hurt them and it really showed. And uh, when you expect your freshmen to kind of come in and score from the perimeter and be shooters, uh, I haven't, I've never coached college basketball, but I've been around a lot of freshmen. That's tough for them, unless they're top five, top ten draft picks. Wisconsin, Rafael, has lost four in a row. What's going on with the Badgers? Why? Why? I mean, they were they were top five team in the country. What's happened? Uh, they just been turning the ball over. You can't turn the ball over in the Big Ten to expect to win. It's a possessions game, and then I think um, I think coach has kind of tightened the restraints offensively for guys. I think AJ Store. I think I think AJ Stewart's got to have more. He's got to have more variety in the offense. I think he's got to have some set plays called for him. I think um, he's not your typical. And coach would know more than me because he's there every day. But I don't feel like AJ Stewart's the typical swing guy. I mean, it works for him. He can figure it out. But earlier in the year, it felt like they were having some ball screen action to him. He was getting the shots. He was playing a little more one on one. I think um, when you start to lose, things start to get tight, and then they start to turn it over. Um, guys have kind of guarded them differently since Purdue. Uh, Purdue guarded Stephen Crow with the with the guard. Basically, you put Mason Gillis, Trey Kaufman, Randall, and Stephen Crow, and you put Zach Eady on Tyler Wall. And that's uh, teams have done that since. And I don't know if that knocked them out, but Tyler, Crow, I mean Stephen Crow hasn't really been effective because he doesn't get those pick and pop threes. He doesn't get those shots that he would normally get with the five-man guarding him because now it's a guard, and now you're switching it. And it's, um, I don't think they've um, maybe figured that part out yet, but I think I think they'll be fine. I think this is a stretch where they just have to go through, and I think it hurts their seeding NCAA-wise, but I think that they're a tournament team, no doubt. I think Wisconsin gets the right matchups in the tournament, and they're clicking. They could be anybody in the country. Again, Rayfield Davis, obviously Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, former captain for the Boilermakers, and you see him on Big Ten Network. He is with us here the Payless Lickers Hotline. Last one for me, Rayfell. Do you feel differently about Purdue this year in terms of what they can do in March than maybe you have in years past? Uh, yeah, they have a better de- – this is the best defense in the last three years. This is their um, first time having a defensive stopper in the last three years. This is their um, – First time in a half-court setting, having multiple guys that can go get their own bucket off the bounce. So I think um, they're playing with two point guards in the backcourt, essentially. So you don't really necessarily worry about the press. I know Rutgers press gave them trouble, but Rutgers is the best, one of the best, the number two defense in the country. Their press is going to give everybody trouble. So that argument where the old Rutgers gave them trouble with the press it's silly because Rutgers is going to give everybody trouble with the press. So I think um, I think they're like, I think Lance Jones, as a dimension to this team, that they just had a had last year. He's a guy that he can make a shot, he can drive the ball, he can get his own basket, but then he can guard your best player on the other end. And I think it allows Fletcher Lawyer to just be a shooter, a guy that comes off of screens and makes shots, that defends the third best guy on the floor. You're kind of hiding sometimes. 
And then Braden Smith, his confidence and his um, evolution has been um, has been outstanding. His um, his poise, his belief in himself, getting to that right hand pull up jumper. And then you have the best player in the country. So I think they have a um, and Zach Eady. So I think you have a lot of things working for you if you're Purdue. And I think they're um, with, it's been their defense. Their defense has uh, I think a couple years ago they were 90th in defense efficiency in Ken Palm. I think last year they may have been like. Um, 23rd maybe, and I think this year they're top 15, top to maybe 13. So I think um, they're in better defensively still. So I think their defense has been the biggest change. What criticism is warranted with Indiana right now, and what's going on with Mike Woodson and IU? Um, I wouldn't put any criticism. I think, I mean, guys that are asking for Mike Woodson to be fired, I mean, they sound just ridiculous to me. I think it's um, – I mean, it just makes no sense. I mean, they go to the tournament two years in a row. I mean, they win a tournament game. He got two, two NBA players. I mean, you got a first round, one and done. I mean, you got McKenzie and Baco probably one and done next year. You got another five star coming in, and Liam McNeely next year, who's really, really good at basketball. I watched him play a bunch, caught a few of his games. McNeely is a guard that will help this team next year. He's really good. But I think um, when you look at what they were, I don't think they went to a tournament for four years before Woody. So I think um, this is just one of those years where you just have to go through it. I think when Paint, Paint, 10 years ago, Paint was last place in the Big Ten. A year before that, he was playing in the CBI. And now we fast forward 10, 11 years later, he's one of the best coaches in the country. I think sometimes we get stuck in the moment. We can't see the bigger picture. I think um, if you get McNeely to come in next year, I think they're going to have to go out and get another guard in the portal. I think Woody's a great recruiter, obviously. Um, Derek Queen is still in the wind as far as his commitment, his recruitment. If they can get Derek Queen to come in next season, I mean, they're figuring it out. I think this year it's the guys on the floor not taking pride on the defensive end. And this, that can't be Woody because we've seen it in the last two years. They've had a really good defense. But those guys play hard. Trace Jackson Davis, Ray Thompson, they played hard every single possession. They weren't cool about it. This year's team is just too cool. That comes with their leadership at the, in the locker room. Their leadership is too cool. Their leadership, they don't have leadership in the locker room. And then you don't win games when you don't have leadership. And that will have, that's what happened to Coach Painter at Purdue. That's what happens at Michigan right now with Coach Howard. It's the guys in the locker room have to lead the charge sometimes to win. You hear a coach go to a press conference and he says, I don't have to play my walk-ons. They care. I know what that looks like because I can remember Coach Painter playing walk-ons in front of me and in front of other guys because they play harder than us. So I think um, it's not making sense to me the kind of criticism on Woodson. I know the basketball style is when it talks about it's not this 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 generation of basketball, but you go back to last season when he had a guard that could do it. Jay Wilson-Shafino and Mackey Arena got you 35 points off of ball screens, which is today's basketball. So I think um, you've got to have the guys to do it. If they don't have a lot of guys. Their best option right now is to go inside. And when they get more perimeter guys, I think Woody's a guy that um, – he will he adjust to what he has, and even if McKenzie and Baco stays next year, you get McKenzie and Baco as a sophomore, and Liam McNeely, and then you get a a fifth year of, or a transfer guard in there somewhere. I think uh, you cook it with gas. So I think um, it's just one of those years you got to go through, and uh, sometimes you got to struggle. But I think um, I think coach is fine, and I think the guys just got to play hard. They got to have some pride. I think at this point in the year where they're at. It's pride. It's pride defensively. And it can be fake toughness. It can be punching somebody in the face. It can be getting flagrants. they got to actually play real basketball and play harder. 
Rayfield, great stuff, man. Always enjoy our conversations, and uh, hopefully we can have you on here before uh, the tournament gets rolling in less than a month. Oh, no, I appreciate you guys. I'm um, having a free basketball camp in Indianapolis during spring break, also in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And so if you're um, looking for information for basketball camp for you, for um, if you can't afford basketball camp, you want to go to a nice basketball camp, uh, be a part of an organization, you go to RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. And we're also going to be in West Lafayette. That's our camp going right now. So if you uh, want more information or want to sponsor our camps or want to sponsor our nonprofit foundation or be a part, uh, RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. Love that, Rayfield. Thank you, man. Yeah, have a good one. RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. He's mentioned that to us before. Mark, if you don't mind, tweet out, tweet out that link and uh, tag Rayfield in that there. Um, he's mentioned that before here from a youth camp standpoint. Uh, really cool that he does that all around. Obviously a Fort Wayne native, but all around the state. Um, that he is busy with that. And I know he's got a busy Monday morning, juggling some time, so uh, grateful that he uh, joined us here recapping La Purdue. Yeah, a couple things. I, I think if you're an Indiana... By the way, I agree with him on Purdue def- defense and everything else. I think for Indiana, if you're an Indiana fan, you hope what Rafael is saying is what is going on here. That it just happens to be a bad mix this year, and Woody has learned his lesson. He won't whiff on some guards. He'll go get guards. Uh, that you will never enter the season with uh, kind of the situation that you had with the Xavier Johnson. The other thing, and I haven't brought this up yet, but I made a note of this rewatching the game uh, Sunday morning. Okay, it's seventy-one forty-six. I don't know. You may. I don't know if you remember this because again, you can doze off in this game when it's that much of a blowout. CJ Gun time. It's seventy-one forty-six, and the there's a loose ball, and it's going down the left side. Okay, so it's going from right to left, and Khalil Ware loafs running after it, and Braden Smith runs right by him and picks up the ball. And and I and I thought that epitomized. If I were an Indiana fan there, you know, it's seventy one forty six. I know it's a blowout, but show me you have some life. And there is a loose ball and Braden Smith, and I know he's faster and I I, I get all those things. But Braden Smith gave it a hundred percent and got the loose ball and Khalil Ware didn't. And then the second thing to add on top of that is when the fans were doing the IU sucks uh-huh. and Indiana has two or three guys that are trying to be, you know, they're trying to be tough guy with Zach Eady. And Zach Eady in two straight games and over his career, but this year has put it on you. And he's mocking you and they're laughing. I'm sorry, I, I I felt like they were laughing at him. He's hit a three on you and the crowd's chanting IU sucks. And that's when you decide to be the tough guy. And those two moments right there, uh, probably why Mike Woodson goes to the post-game press conference and says there's a lot of season because he's guarding against guys who I, I follow Charlie Strong. If you remember him at Louisville, he called it fake juice. And Indiana had some guys who had some fake juice on Saturday night against Zach Eady. And then the Khalil Ware play being out-hustled by Braden Smith. Those are two things that stuck in my mind. That's like you can lose, you can lose bad. I can understand that it's not a great season. Um, but the fake juice and Braden Smith beating you to that loose ball, I thought were two of the things that stood out of, boy, this Indiana team, they better hope the wheels don't come off because they could. Oh, it goes back to member Edie get, going on the loose, uh, get, get on the ground in Bloomington yep. for that loose ball. Same thing. When the game was already decided. Same thing. You know, very late. That's a 7-4 dude. And to use Rayfield Davis, called the best player in college basketball doing that. I think one of the biggest questions I have for Indiana this season is, you know, Andy, they're 14-10. and 10. 
and we did this exercise earlier, you look at those 10 losses, I would argue they've been competitive in two of them. Two of the 10 losses. Like, they get steamrolled. The games get away from you big time. And uh, why? Are guys quitting? Kansas and Illinois are the two that you look at. That's it. I mean, they go through the schedule. UConn, no. Auburn, hell no. Both the Purdue games, no. Wisconsin, certainly not. Rutgers was a nine-point game. Penn State, I mean, the game was over by 10-minute mark in the second half, and you had the lead at halftime of that game. Like, it's just whether you want to label it quitting, whether you want to label it lack of in-game adjustments. Like, I don't see that happening to the degree it's happening as often as it is in Bloomington to where – You know, there are times where teams go through young seasons and whatever. They're a young basketball team, and you get to the five-minute mark, and boy, to steal a Mike Woodson phrase, we just can't get over the hump. Okay, so, you know, Zach Eady made some winning plays late. You know, Butler Providence on Saturday. Butler made a couple winning plays in their own building in the final couple minutes. That happens. For Indiana, they don't even sniff those moments. Again, Kansas and Illinois would be the only two of the 10 losses now to where you just get blown off the floor. And that's the question that I would have exiting that of, yes, it's a ton of double-digit losses, but again, these aren't, you know, hey, four-point game with three minutes to go and the foul game made it an 11-point margin. No, 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 you're down double digits at the under-eight media timeout. The game's you can start heading to the exit. You know, put the Mother Bears order in and pick it up on the way home for you. Like, that to me, I think, is one of the biggest questions I would have and Mike Woodson plays the young card a lot in these post-game pressers. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, next year, aren't you going to be in a similar boat? I mean, I guess they could go out and get more experienced guys in the portal. But but are, they're not young. That I, I, excuse. I, it's, I, not, yeah. it's not a good excuse. I mean, Mackenzie and Baco is. Uh, Khalil Ware played college basketball last year at Oregon. Right. Xavier I Johnson, right I know he's he injured. It, it's a freshman, a freshman, a sophomore, a sophomore, and yeah. then well, welcome Galloway to college being basketball. Your, being your senior, I, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with what you're saying there. And you know, you can find examples of it. I mean, South Carolina is a great example of the SEC right now of a team that hammered the portal and it's turned around. Butler in our own backyard is a beautiful example Chris, of Chris Bearded, Ole Miss, what he's done, decorated yep. up and down, and they have found this sort. of of success. I, I just think the 14 and 10 nature to it is ugly. I think the embarrassing level to these losses adds to it as well. Yeah, I, I think we are going to find out. Here's where I am with Woody. Uh, I am I agree with Rafael that it's not it's not fire Mike Woodson. But what it is with Mike Woodson is next year I believe you find out what you got with the guy. That that's my opinion. Like you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out, okay, he had, you know, he had a good start to his tenure here, and there were some good reasons. He already had a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. You know, Galloway was already here, Race Thompson was already here, and there are others that, you know, now it's his baby for the most part. And now he's got the wake up call, and that's absolutely what this year is, that he's gonna need uh, to change some things that you cannot walk into a season with lack of quality guards, especially in the Big Ten. So to me nice show tie-in by the way you like that don't you well done Uh, we've said that a few times i think today with the with the wake-up call that's how i view is next year you're going to kind of find out what the trek is going to be uh for my for mike woodson and again mike woodson cannot like you know while we have freshmen or sophomores 
it's not like the NBA. In the NBA, Mike, you you didn't get to choose your team. All there's a general manager, there's a salary cap, there's this, there's that. You can't just go out and get guys. In college basketball, it's a little bit different. You control, you have more control uh, uh, with your roster. And, I mean, IU, NIL um, is powerful on the basketball side. We know that it's not like that on the football side as much, but it's powerful on the basketball side. I just really think you're going to find out kind of what you got with Mike Woodson next season. If he can rebound and, you know, be back winning 25-plus games, suddenly, boom, you're in the round of 32. You're in the NCAA tournament again. You're winning some games. You feel good. You're on the, you know, top four, whatever that may be in the Big Ten. You're starting to feel good about yourselves again. That's what they need right now. Purdue two-game lead in the Big Ten in the last column. That is over Illinois. Again, they beat Illinois earlier this season. Three games up on Northwestern and Wisconsin. So, uh, as we've said, Purdue really has got to fall on their face to not win the Big Ten. Uh, it'll be Minnesota in Mackey. That is an 8.30 tip. So a little bit later coming up on Thursday. Indiana will not be in action until Sunday. All right, in a few, pop quiz. And not only are we giving away... The Jiff Lube will change if you go five for five. But no matter what, if you are just a participant on the pop quiz, pair of tickets to Dave Matthews Band coming up in late June. That is obviously a very coveted ticket each and every summer. So that is a giveaway here today. And also a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. Outstanding food they brought in studio last week for us. Uh, again, from Fountain Square to Carmel, free delivery. You can pick up if you're in the downtown area. Uh, make 80 different dishes right over uh, at their kitchen. So $25 gift card we'll give away all week long here for the pop quiz. Before all of that, it's morning check down time. All right, so we do have some Mike Woodson and Matt Painter sound. I want to get to some of that if you don't mind, KB. Obviously, the Super Bowl, we've uh, led with that in hours one and hour two. Let's focus, though, on Saturday night, 79-59. That's your final Purdue over Indiana. Kind of one of the main quotes working its way around the last 48 hours. Mike Woodson, the season not over yet. We just got to, you know, we got to continue to grow as a team. And... We're going to have to add some pieces. But I, the season's not over with, guys. I mean, we still have six more games, uh, seven more games, I believe, to go. And anything can happen. we got four of those seven at home, which we got to we got to take care of our home court. we got to win at home. And then we got three games out on the road that, that we got to go and win. I mean, it's just that simple. That's a scary thought, right? The more games, the worse it could get. Yeah. God bless Mike Woodson. He's 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 saying, you know, he's trying his best to keep, you know, uh, the negativity away to keep, you know, the 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 ship rolling, I guess. But it ain't good. Uh, okay, so Matt Painter post game was asked about the Zach ED three. Obviously, everyone goes crazy in the second half. His first three there, at Purdue, he banks it in. It's a funny moment. Here's Matt Painter. Yeah, I didn't know what they, they did that without my knowledge. So, <laughs> so yeah, he missed it so bad it went in. <laughs> he deserves it though. He deserves it. Like he, he comes every night and he competes and he plays hard. And you're always kind of just waiting for him, not to you know one night just have it. But even though he didn't like shoot a great percentage again, I think a lot of that had to do with Khalil Ware's size and his length. Um, but Zach's a competitor, man. He he plays hard every night. Shout out to Brain Smith, outstanding the Westfield product in that one again. Twenty point win, Purdue covers over Indiana, forty one combined points. The season sweep for Purdue over Indiana. Yeah, I did. All right, so the last night in Super Bowl fifty eight, twenty five twenty two, the Chiefs feel inevitable, and they proved it again 
last night. Mitchell and all show long. No hatred from me with the Chiefs. It's straight up jealousy of every time they need to make a play, they make it. Last night, certainly they did that in overtime. Probably more just from a methodical nature to it. Uh, nothing flashy on that game-winning drive. Mahomes was 8-for-8. Eight eight. I, I don't think I'll remember any of the throws in particular. Maybe the scramble was probably the biggest play that Mahomes made individually there. Uh, but they get it done in OT. Mahomes is your MVP. That is now three titles in the last five years for the Chiefs. They are an unquestioned dynasty. Their defense, I thought, outstanding. You know, that'll get lost in the shuffle, Andy. Uh, but San Francisco has... How about that D, baby? <laughs> he is spot on, Andy Reid. Uh, San Francisco had plenty of opportunities with the lead, with the ball, and they just could not push the lead any further. And when you play with fire against Mahomes and company... Uh, you're going to get burnt, and they did. You know what's funny? Everyone watching that game, did we all have the same analysis of, wow, the Niners should be up by more. They can't feel good. They're only up by fill in the blank, right? Didn't we all have that? You're watching. You're like, yeah, this is not going to work. Like, it's going to be Mahomes, and then it goes to overtime. You're like, we're all sitting there like, oh, it's going to it's gonna be Mahomes. Like, I, I didn't, didn't the country feel that way? If you're a Niners fan, you had to feel that way. Yeah, when, when the muff... Punt happened. I was like, oh boy, here we go. It was go. 10 yeah. 6, right? Mm-hmm. It's that 10 occurred. 6 at the point. Yeah. Done. I mean, Moody had the zone. Block, you know, extra point there. You know, there was a moment in overtime where, you know, Valdez Scantling starts running backwards and it turns into like a second and whatever it was. 14. 14. It was second okay. and 14. And I'm thinking, all right, this is an opportunity yeah, this here. Is San it. Francisco can dial up that pressure they created in the first half and it just felt like a little prevent there from Steve Wilkes. They got it back. They actually went to Valdez Scantling on the very next play. They got it back into third and manageable. And obviously the rest is history on that front. Purple for the Gatorade color yes. last night for those curious of the bath for Andy Reid. <laughs> I, I mean, the muff punt, and then they the very next play, they just scored. And you're like, boom, there it is. That's all they needed was that little little sliver of hope, and they got it. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to read one thing this uh, just on the Super Bowl that I found funny. So back in September of 2019... The Athletic Kansas City, okay? Now, I don't know if the Athletic Kansas City, uh, I don't know how many Kansas City reporters are still there with the Athletic. I know they've made a lot of cuts over the years. But back, uh, this would have been the 23rd of September, 2019, the Athletic Kansas City tweeted, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Do you remember this back in 2019 by any chance, KB? I don't, no. Troy Aikman retweeted that. Again, this is back in 2019. Aikman retweeted that. Talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. Oh, boy. <laughs> Old takes exposed and, and here. And so everyone this morning's taking a run at poor Troy Aikman. No, we shouldn't open Twitter at all today. <laughs> we need an Aikman tweet, right? So this was Have this, a sense of humor, This Troy. was tweeted out. Patrick Mahomes has now thrown 132% of Troy Aikman's passing touchdowns and won 100% of his <laughs> Super Bowls in about 58% of his career games. I, again, I, I said it after the AFC title game. He's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I, I I get that. I'll make the golf analogy. I know that you can point to Jack Nicholas records that are better than Tiger Woods, et cetera, et cetera. Numbers, Brady, this, Mahomes. My eyes tell me otherwise. My eyes tell me Tiger Woods is better than Jack Nicholas, and my eyes tell me Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. And last night it wasn't even like crazy. Vent. Like, did he have one? Mahomesy play last night. Like, did he have the sidearm? Did he have? I mean, you know, I guess he escaped from Bosa a couple times, but it's not like you know guys draped all over him and he made a throw. He just gets it done, and that's the thing, Andy. When he needs to make simple, 
He can do that. And well, I that, think that's often, a skill, by the way. Exactly. That's a skill. Oftentimes, when you have the rare athletic ability, you you just try to. You, you're like, oh yeah, Houdini will always be there for me. But when you need to be three, five step drop, death by a thousand paper cuts, et cetera, et cetera, can you be that? And he was at an overtime, twenty five, twenty two. Chiefs. I, I, I know we have pop quiz coming up. I just want to throw this your way. We can talk about this later on this week. Do you think an Andy Reid retirement? How much would that slow them down? Because Mahomes ain't going anywhere, and he's already proven he can play with an offensive yeah, roster that isn't very good. Yeah, right. It, it's it's a great question because you know when you have seen these dynasties or you have seen teams get on these runs, you haven't really had the coach abruptly leave like that. I don't know. Maybe you can point to a couple of examples, at least modern day wise. Uh, we have not seen that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The Matt Nagy thing at Chicago went so bad. I, I just don't know where oh, they you can't like, make Matt Nagy your head coach. No. Right. I'm like, like Vrabel <laughs> would make more sense, I'd say. <laughs> like right, he's, but, 60, but, he's 65, going to be but 66. But again, is Vrabel this absolute guarantee? Like, I, no. I, I, that's, I think, the question that you would have. I mean, Reed is, it's, and Mahomes, to be fair, Mahomes gives him a ton of credit. I mean, anytime you listen to Mahomes, he is very quick to mention. That was a great wrinkle that Andy threw in here, and he talked about the game when he touched down. Yeah. Um, Corndog, I believe, is what Matt Patrick Holmes well, called I, it. I think it's Tom and Jerry is the technical name. Tom and name. Jerry was Z- the new one. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zach Kiefer wrote about that. It was a Tom and Jerry. But I only bring that up because the retirement talk is around him. I don't but he think, said no last yeah, night. Yeah, I don't think he does a 65. And again, when you're Pat Mahomes, you know, Belichick's coaching up until his 70s. I just, I can't I can't imagine you walk away. But that would be the only thing that might slow them down is if Andy Reid in a year or two said, I'm tired, I'm getting close to 70, I'm going to go retire. Basketball notes from the weekend as well. Butler, Indiana State, important wins for the resume, different types of wins. Butler makes the plays down the stretch, and they add another important kind of quad one, quad two win over a bubble team in Providence for Indiana State. They also made the plays down the stretch on the road at Missouri State. That is to avoid the bad loss. Uh, Julian Larry, outstanding for Indiana State. They can go back to Butler. I've said it to Thad Motto when we've had him on this season, Andy. They've got a bunch of NFL dudes out there, and they just bullied Providence on those final couple of uh, trips down the floor, Jameel Telfort and Pierre Brooks doing it for Butler there. So a big win. They have got Marquette at home tomorrow night. That is a 6.30 tip at Hinkle. And the Pacers back in action tonight. 11.5 point favorite. They win in New York on Saturday. Tyrese Halliburton, 30 minutes play, 22 points, 12 assists. Miles Turner, TJ McConnell, very good. And they beat the Knicks. Butler right now is 50 in the net. 50. To your point, Three it seems ones. like they are one, probably two more wins away from they won't be sweating it out, I don't think, on Selection Sunday. like I, They, to me, have too many good quality wins. And, you know, credit to the Big East. The uh, Big East, unlike the Big Ten, provides these opportunities this year to where seemingly without Butler's schedules laid out, uh, every game they play, they've got, you know, a chance for a quality win. And again... Uh, they had a big halftime lead on Saturday. It got away from them. They were down seven with four minutes to go, but they made the plays down the stretch to beat the Friars. All right, on the other side, it is pop quiz time. What does that mean? That means a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck, a pair of tickets to Dave Matthews Band in late June, 317-239-1070. Have you studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. With KB and Andy, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, pop quiz time here on the Wake Up Call. And so here's the deal. You get that? You heard the you heard the open there. The Jiffy Lube oil change. You got to go five for five to get the Jiffy Lube oil change. That's the way it's always been, uh, and that's the way it is today. But... Uh, whoever gets selected here, you're you are going to get a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. Download their app. You can also check them out online, clustertruck.com. If you put in the fan, you get 25% off your next order of $25 or more. Again, Cluster Truck. Uh, and then we have two tickets for Dave Matthews Band. Coming up in June. So there you go. A little it's like DMB. Christmas morning here on a Monday right <laughs> I here. Mean, what else do you want? Some Super Bowl talk, some Purdue, Indiana talk, a little bit of Tyrese Halliburton, a chance to win uh, a gift card to Cluster Truck, Dave Matthews. And of course, if you go five for five, you get the Jiffy Lube oil change. That Look at us. a great Monday again. We'll do that all week long here on the Pop Quiz. Super Bowl number three, right? Three and five years for the Chiefs. It's a dynasty. Have you uh, heard let's that? Let's go. It is. Yeah, have you heard that. It? Let's go with number Number three. Whoa, jeez. Sorry, came in, coming hot there. <laughs> Whoa, who we got? Corey. Corey, good morning, man. Fellas, how we doing? Hey, Corey, how are you? I am excellent. Hey, I got a really good bad beat for you. I had a four-leg parlay on the IU-Purdue game, and I had uh, Trey Galloway over 10.5 points, and he had 10 at <laughs> halftime, and that was it. Holy shnikes. <laughs> Wait, did he Corey, he missed both those free throws in the second half, right? The back-to-back free throws, that was in the second half, wasn't it? Straight trash. Oh, man, Corey. (laughs) That sucks. You needed this. I'm glad you got this, all right? I am so – I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan, too. Oh, there you go. Congratulations. Congrats on that. Always a great time up there at the Ruoff for that one. Uh, Andy, you want to throw number one? All right, let's get it going here. Let's get it going, Corey. Question number one. That is a bad beat. It really is. That really sucks. The Kansas City Chiefs are the champions. Super Bowl 58 making it back-to-back Super Bowl victories. Name the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Was it the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots, the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys? It was the terrible Tom Brady and New England Patriots. Again, hatred there, jealousy <laughs> from last night. All right, number two here, Corey Harrison Bucker set a record for the longest field goal Super Bowl history of the 57-yarder in the third quarter of last night's win. Whose record did Bucker top? Jake Moody, Steve Christie, Ryan Suckup, or Greg Zerline? Trick question. It was Jake Moody with the 55-yarder, and that was a terrible, boring game last night. Look at this. I'll tell you what, yeah, <laughs> I Corey, like it. Corey's a smart he, fellow. He was paying attention. There's a reason why I got three of those four legs right the other no, one. No, I, I wasn't paying attention, though. There was a lot of bourbon drinks. So uh-huh. I barely remember it, but... Sometimes that can mean you pay attention even more. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm in the same boat struggling this morning. Steve Christie held it for 30 years. 
And Jake Moody held it for three weeks or for three <laughs> hours, I should say. Uh, all right, question number three. Last night's Super Bowl was the second that went into overtime. The Patriots come back against Atlanta in Super Bowl 51 was the first. In the years before the Super Bowl era, how many NFL and AFL championship games actually went to overtime? Is it zero, one, two, or three? Oh, man. Let's go with one. Number four here, Corey. Bill Venovich served as the head referee for his third Super Bowl last night. I feel like we've gotten multiple official and referee questions here, Scotty. We're really grasping. Only one other official has served as the head referee in more Super Bowls. Dear Lord. Is it Ed Hockley, (laughs) Pat Haggerty, Jim Tooney, or the last one, Jerry Mark Breit? Let's go with the muscles. Let's go with Hawk. No, just pick the last one and move on. Let's go with the last guy. Let's go with that last guy. <laughs> I mean, Scotty, we got official questions here? Dear Lord. What, yeah, what is that? What All is right. that? Corey, I, I apologize. Who pays attention to the refs? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Now get ready for this one, the final one. Oh, Abraham Abraham Lincoln was born on this day in 1809. Great baseline jumper, Abe. Tyler Hansborough, baseline jumper. <laughs> 1809, okay. In which sports hall of fame is Lincoln enshrined? Is it the National Baseball Hall of Fame? the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, the National Billiards Hall of Fame, or the National Bowling Hall of Fame? Wouldn't that question be for next week on President's Day? Oh, my gosh. How about this? is so ridiculous. Uh, let's go with no. the Wrestling Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus <laughs> Freeman would be a fan of this, right? Yeah, Based there you go. Yeah, son's there. a wrestler. Abe 316. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, Corey, uh, nice work there. I'm glad we could brighten your day a little bit after the bad beat from Monday. Uh, what I see here? One, two, and five? Yeah. Patriots, 03 and 04. Jake Moody, I, I know Moody had the block extra point, but man, those were some big kicks he also made around that one. Yeah, he had the 55-yarder over Christie's 54-yarder. Didn't last very long. Why is Abe Lincoln in the Wrestling Hall of Fame? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can see in 1809 what's there to do. I don't you know go, how many you steel go chairs he used. Yeah, you go wrestle, you do, you do that sort of thing. Now, do we get like a mention on his Hall of Fame bust? Like, do they list Indiana in there for the brief period that he spent time here? I do not know. I do not know the answer. But that was back in 1809, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. So congratulations Thanks, to Corey. Corey. He doesn't get the the the, uh, the Jiffy Lube oil change, but he does get the two tickets to Dave Matthews Band in June, and he does get the uh, $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. Again, clustertruck.com. Check them out. 25% off any order over 25. Type in the fan. We'll do that all week long here. All right, one final time on the wake-up call here on a Monday. You know, the thing we didn't talk about today at all, the... Uh, the jackasses that got on the field, the the half streakers, they were only shirtless. Did you see that? I know yeah, Tony Romo vid- and Jim Nance talked about it a little bit. Video was kind of weak. Yeah, it was. Well, we, one guy got stopped before he could get on the field. So I guess the personnel. I don't know if players did that on the San Francisco uh, sideline, and then the other got on the field and he just kind of ran around for a second, and then he just laid down and put his hands behind his back. <laughs> it was anything. And we didn't get full streaker, right? No, we didn't get full I mean, streaker hell, you either. You walk outside of the stadium in Vegas, you get more than that. Yeah.
I'm saying, like, usually there's a there's a purpose when someone's just on the field like that. It didn't seem like there was any purpose last night. I didn't even know this either. Uh, a girl I used to work with, she was at the Super Bowl. I had no idea. She's putting up pictures, and they were like, dude, they're like 20th row. Really? I'm like, where did you get those tickets? I messaged her. She has not messaged back. I'm like, say, those might any, be $20,000 tickets any to obvious, a football game. Any obvious connection or no? No, I have no idea. I mean, you had to win tickets to go to the Super Bowl, basically, right? Or someone pays for it. The average ticket was $7,000. I did see this because of the configuration of the stadium. Uh, a couple of different people had this. It was, here it is. The official attendance for the Super Bowl, 61 uh, is a little over 61,000. Smallest Super Bowl crowd ever for a non-pandemic Super Bowl. The smallest prior to today uh, was in L.A. I don't know how many years ago that was. I assume that will Surprise. kind of be the trend moving forward, though, as we start to get, you know, I think it's now more of smaller stadiums, right. more of the experience type atmosphere, sweet life, you know, Bud Light zones, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for those curious, no matter, I guess, which major college you went to here in the state, you have some representative in the Super Bowl as the winning team. We mentioned George Karloftis earlier. That's the West Lafayette. Purdue product. He played 62 defensive snaps last night. How about yeah, he was good. Three quarterback hits. Yeah, he was good. And a half sack. Drew Tranquil played around 30 snaps defensively. Had a couple tackles. That is a Fort Wayne Carroll Notre Dame product. You had Nick Jones. How about a rookie from Ball State? Seventh round pick. Just special teams duties for him last night. Uh, but a cornerback there. And then uh, IU did have Cam Jones, their linebacker. Um, he unfortunately went on IR at the start of the postseason, but in that final game of the season when Kansas City rested a lot of guys, he had 11 tackles in that game. So not often you get a Purdue-Notre Dame-Ball State-IU <laughs> Super Bowl winning team, but uh, four of those for the Kansas City Chiefs and two Indiana high school products. I don't think that is also a given, but shout-out to Drew Tranquil, George Karloftis, among others. Yeah, Karloftis was great. I think it was, um, oh, goodness, uh, Marcus Spears went on a little Twitter thing on him on how he thinks he's going to take his game, I guess, to yeah. the next level. Kind of up like his game very nice season. even I feel like more. When I watch Kansas City a lot, he was making plays. Uh, I don't know. Warren Sharp put this out a couple hours ago in the wee hours of the morning. I didn't see this. I'll have you guess. So Patrick Mahomes has started one. Uh, has started ninety six games. We're going regular season here, okay? Ninety six games. How many do you think the Chiefs have lost by more than one score in ninety six games? More than one score? Yes, more than one score. Four. Three. <laughs> so three out of 96 games. Now again, they've lost games, but when they lose, you know it's going to be close. And then if you include the playoffs, 114 games then. If I throw in the playoffs, you would only add one more to that. So in playoffs, Super Bowls, regular season, Patrick Mahomes has started 114 games, and the Chiefs have only lost by more than one score four times. Four times. That's unbelievable. They're the seventh grade Kevin Bone pimple. It's 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 inevitable. I, I can do everything I can to try to make it go away, and it's right there. There it is. Oh, man. Woke up it's the inevitable. next morning, it's back. Uh-huh. Everything. <laughs> Did you ever do... Um, what was the pop what, it ointment yeah, cream? Did, did you do it all? Stride it all, anything. Stride pads. <laughs> have have my brother hit me with a basketball in the face. Oh anything. boy, yeah, I don't know if that gets it. What was the uh, what was the pill? Uh, people our age they they took it like dried your skin out. 
but you had to watch because you get terrible nosebleeds. I don't know if you guys oh, ever God. took that. Maybe that was the one thing I yeah, should have done, I, and I, I didn't. Took, I took that. I don't know if it's messed me up for my life. But the other one, the other step. is that a? No, I can't remember the name of it. I need to. I, I'll text my wife. The other, the other <laughs> stat. I'm googling acne <laughs> drugs right now. That to me was just eye popping. Again, the Chiefs in the playoffs here, five and one since 2019 when they've gotten down at least 10 points. So down double digits in six games. They've won five of those six. The rest of the NFL in that same time frame, six and 48. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's unbelievable. I, I do think the the thing that could potentially stop them, and we've talked about it, would be if Andy Reid just wanted to walk away. And not not next year. I'm talking about in a couple years. If Andy Reid said, "Homes to go play baseball." Yeah, if I'm, you know, and, and even then, you would still have, you know, I mean, I could see, I could see Kelsey in, in the next couple years. Like, I here's what I think will happen. Well, Kelsey's, old. I mean, how 35. old is he? I was no, he's, say, he's I mean, 35. Old. Well, you have to remember, him and Gronk are the same age, and their their bodies get beat up. And Kelsey can see he's a star now. Whether he gets married to Taylor Swift or not, he and his brother are going to have a like he's going to be able to make millions off the field on endorsements uh, in media stuff. So you think maybe in a couple years, in two years, Andy Reid and perhaps Kelsey walk away. But I, I don't know. Even then. Who doesn't want to play with Mahomes? And the scary thing is, you know, you talk about needing to add weapons for like Anthony Richardson. Like, you know that they're not going into next year with Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore as two big pieces of their passing game. They're going to go get a couple guys, draft a couple guys. They're going to get better at that. Kadarius Tony getting a Super Bowl ring just seems wrong. Well, Rick Carlisle tomorrow <laughs> at 8. Bad. Adam Silver, the commissioner, 930. Everybody have a great, great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.